Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Jeez Dan. Yes! What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me. At your next event, you know, wedding season is here and the dates are fucking up fast. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy about that. I'm so honored and privileged to be at people's weddings, the best days of their lives, the most exciting and hopeful days of their lives when they're looking to the future as they celebrate their marriage and their love together. It's a wonderful thing. And I get to be there. I get to see it. I get to see it all, and I get to help them celebrate. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me the honor. I appreciate that so much. Today on the program, Ricky G. Who's Ricky G? Well, you're going to find out in the next few minutes, so stick around for that. Exciting. Ricky G. This week's shows, well, as we're recording this on Saturday, I had a great show last night returning to the RAB in Conway, Arkansas after a couple of months of quarantine lockdown as it were i do realize that the novel covid19 coronavirus is not over it's still out there there's still no cure no immunization no vaccine but we got to get out we got to get the economy started the people need to break out of their houses these people just aren't meant to live locked up indoors for the most part i know some people thrive in that kind of a situation uh, they like staying inside to themselves and having little to no contact. Uh, There are those chosen few, but for the most part, people need to be interacting. And so last night, you know, it it looked on the broad strokes, it looked like a regular Friday night at the RAB, but there was vigilance. I did have plenty of hand sanitizer and, and handy wipes to wipe the microphones down for the video dance party and karaoke jam at the RAB. And I, as for the most part, I, I think the people that were there were ready to, to play and have a good time. And there weren't any altercations that I could see. Uh, nobody getting upset uh, because of social distancing and the like. So while we're aware that there is a coronavirus out there, there is something that has no cure. We were still able to have some kind of a good time last night at the RAB in Conway, Arkansas. And I'm so ready to do it again next friday night so thank you so much for having me back out there people of the rab and if you've never been to the rab in conway arkansas i encourage you my what makes you famous listeners to put it on the walking tour if you ever get into conway arkansas come on out for a night of fun at the rab in conway arkansas see you again friday night starting at 8 p.m video dance party karaoke jam all right i know not too much dancing we're trying to keep away from each other and while we still play with each other there we go it sounds like a an oxymoron but (laughs) i think you get the point all right that's enough of me rattling on let's get into it with ricky g i was able to meet up with ricky g over at the laurel park uh, a nice big park in conway arkansas we took over 
one of the park benches underneath the pavilion. And uh, yeah, uh, I think we got a, an interesting conversation that you're going to get to hear in the next minute or so. So uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's give a talking to Ricky G traveling to Laurel Park to see Ricky G now. few words so i mean it's not a whole lot you're gonna get out of me i'm just being real in this conversation ricky g in the place to be keys dan with the what makes you famous podcast first time i'm meeting you in person we've been friends on facebook social media that kind of stuff give the people an idea of who you are well basically i mean i just consider myself to be a community servant you care to expound on that well yeah you know, we got hours man <laughs> okay well like i said i'm a man of few words <laughs> that's not a whole lot i can say but uh yeah i'm a um, community servant uh i've been involved in uh community service for the since 2008, I believe, you know, and I'm member, uh, currently a member of Father County Branch of the NAACP, uh, uh, Father County Branch of the American Legion, uh, Post 16, uh, just uh, Conway Alliance for the Arts. But yes, uh, those are what I'm affiliated with as of right now. Cool. All right, Ricky G, man. As we record this on May 31st, 2020, things are going on. And, and I know being a community servant, all right, um, what does that entail? And and these are trying times. There's something in the news that just happened, uh, you know, to compound everything that's going on in the world. And, and I know we really didn't discuss what we were going to talk about, but we could talk about whatever is on your mind. And, and I want this to be a time capsule of times as they are today in the world or even in this country or even in particular parts of this country. If I, I might be leading in some of this, you know, what? What are your views on what's going on? I mean, we, we do have the the overall thing, the, the blanketing, the 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 COVID-19 coronavirus that's going on. And we are keeping socially distanced. When we met, we didn't give a hug. Uh, you know, we got a little elbow dap. I mean, that was probably as close as we, we get. Uh, you know, for me, I'm not afraid, but I'm vigilant. You know, I don't wear a mask or gloves, but I do disinfect things. And I am... I'm vigilant. I'll stay away from people. I'm kind of a hugger. But Ricky G, you know, I, I want your viewpoints on what's going on in the world today. And and then, you know, of course, we can come through, you know, where you grew up, uh, your 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 own journey up till now, Ricky G. Well, um, first of all, I want to uh, say thank you again for having me on this show. I mean, I have uh, been following your podcast for quite some time. You, know, you have uh, interviewed people that I highly respect in my community. I mean... Uh, let's see, Ronnie Williams. Oh, Ronnie <laughs> Williams, very funny man in uh, Rock, but also very outspoken. Young yeah, man. we were in his uh, kitchen. Yeah, in, uh, in his dining room. I set I set the exact same setup that I I have here out here in Laurel Park in Conway, Arkansas. That that's uh, where we're currently recording. But uh, who, who else uh, have you let's listened say, to? Ronnie Williams. Um, uh, uh, Rodney, uh, yeah, he has a uh, the boxing gym. Yeah, Rodney Gillespie. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, Gillespie's man. gym in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, he's sure. been here for quite some time, and I have a huge love of respect for him too. I love boxing. As a matter of fact, um, my family has boxing history. 
What? Yes. My, uh, expound. Um, well, I was just about to get to that. Um, years ago, my um, my mother's brother, his name is uh, Tyrone Rogers. Uh, he, uh, well, first of all, I should tell you, he was involved in uh, the boxing club that they used to have in Conway years ago, back in the, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s era. A lot of people don't even realize that Conway had a boxing club, but yes, they did. And I think they um, uh, partnered through, like, the, the Conway Police Department, if, I wasn't, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, yes, he was, um, at the time, a golden glove boxer and um this is who tyrone rogers my tyrone rogers yeah this is my like i said it's my uh, mother's brother my uncle very cool so uh and it's funny though because when i grew up i mean keep in mind i was born in 1977 yes and at the age of two i was i've, I've been watching him boxes you know born where ricky g right here oh i wasn't born here but i was raised here in conway i was uh born in camden arkansas camden arkansas camden arkansas yes a lot of uh, famous people come out of there at least one that i can really uh, recognize uh, was that Neo came out of there? No, actually Neo. He's actually um, he uh, says Las Vegas. He's actually from um, area called Beard Next. I went to college with one of his cousins. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Camden. Uh, I will say that somebody in particular did come out of there. Uh, it's uh, actress by the name of Layla Rashawn. Okay. Yeah, you might have seen her in um, Wait Next Hell. Uh, she was also um, Sunshine in um, Eddie Murphy's uh, Harlem Nights. Sunshine. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Don't throw it up in the air. Turns into sunshine. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes, her. Uh, but, yeah, back to what I was talking about, my uncle. Yeah, he was a Golden Glove boxer. And... Um, when I was a kid, I, uh, um, I lived at my grandmother's house for like a short period of time. Um, well, my mother, uh, she uh, married my father and they moved to Chittister, Arkansas, which is uh, where I was raised up until I was four years old. And, small uh, town? Very small town. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. 9% of the people I'm related to down there. So No kidding. That's just, great. Yeah. I mean, I love that place. And it's it's when I say it's country, it really is. I'm talking about it's so country. Your next door neighbor is like a field away. That's pretty cool. Yes, and uh, what, what is it like growing up like that? I mean, did, did you get to see your your family a lot, or there, with a lot of family reunions? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I saw people every day because I guess my grandmother's house was like the popular spot. You know, yeah. to me, I, I considered it to be the mouth of the south because she talked to everybody. <laughs> That's cool. Man. So, but yeah. Um, I've always been somebody that hung around older people, if you, uh, if you will. So, um, yeah. Um, so I, I had a really great relationship with uh, a lot of my elder relatives uh, from that era. What so, kind of knowledge did you gain from them? A lot. I mean, just basically how to be a um, a good listener. Uh, see, uh, I grew up in an era, and you probably did too, where people, uh, uh, even your family members, used to sit back and tell stories, and that is the those are the type of people I grew up around. My, a lot of my uh, dad's relatives, for sure, are very great storytellers. <laughs> and my mother, uh, my, my my grandmother was one in particular. So, yeah, I learned about, you know, listen, listening to people talk and uh, tell really great stories, I guess. So. Man, when you get to a certain age, you, you got experiences and you start telling all those experiences. That's your job you, to become a teacher in the world. And, and, you know, first in your family, mm-hmm. that's the first people that get the benefit of all your experience. So w- w- do you remember any of the, the stories that your grandma told you? Well, here's another thing. See, um, I didn't gr- I, uh, I didn't grow up with her. See, yes. I, um, my mother divorced my uh, my father 
1981. So right about that time was when I moved up here to Conway, which, uh, you know, from then I grew up. Yes. So. Um, Wait, what, what, what year was I mean, This is 81. But, see, 70. Oh, four years old. Yeah. Oh, so you were small. Yes. Do you remember anything of, of the small town in, in outside of Camden? Camden? Do you remember uh, any of that? Well, um. Here's the thing. I didn't start uh, visiting there until I uh, went to college. You know, okay. well, no, since well before I went to college, uh, I say about ni- nineteen. Uh, 98 is when I started Well no I take that back Even further than that Because um, I think the first time I visited there Was 1995 And this was like Right before I graduated High school So the first memories That you have Are really not From the four years old No Because I remember Something from three And a half years old mm-hmm. I remember my My brother being born I think that was the One of the first memories Well, that well I, here's that the I thing I remember what my life Was like up to that uh, uh when I was four years old, but I'm just saying I don't I don't have an active right, memory. Exactly. You know, I mean, because uh, keep in mind, um, that's another thing about people in the country. They make pe- they make um, kids especially the center of attention as they should be, you know. And uh, and then I had I mean, when I was living with my grandparents, uh, I had a choice of what I wanted to eat. I mean, I uh, what? yeah, I did. I Dude, I didn't have a choice when I grew up, and well, I, I was born in '69. Maybe, maybe about eight years well, uh, younger than you. But well, let me tell you what. See, I was whatever you put, whatever the plate was, you eat it. Well, but here's the thing. Um, up to that point, it was like I said, it was different. My life was different at four years old. I was the first grandchild, so they made everything about me. Okay, they now made that's a, a whole other story. Yeah, All right. yeah, they made everything <laughs> about me. I mean, it was to the point I had my own rocking chair, dude. I mean, yeah. my, I can tell you what my favorite show was at uh, four years old. My favorite show at four years old was Sanford and Son. You better believe it. But, I was I was the president of the Demond Wilson <laughs> Fan Club in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Is that right? Would you stop it, Pop? <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Fort yeah. Lauderdale. That was. That was my show, man. A lot of great people came out of there. Uh, Grady came out of there, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool, man. But yeah. So, like I said, at the age of four years old, I um, would sit back in this rocking chair and I watched this show. I called it my show, per se. And it was funny because uh, whenever I uh, got sitting in this chair, you could not move me. And see, yeah. my uncle, my, 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 my dad's brother, uh, he knew this. And so and the boxer. No, no, no. This is no. This is my. That, that's my mother's that's brother. Mother's brother. Mother's brother. This is your dad's, dad's brother. brother. Gotcha. All I'm right. getting the timeline. Yeah, I'm okay. getting the, the family tree uh, down. See, I'm trying. I'm, right now, we're talking about my age. You know, age of four, four years old. Uh-huh. Uh, right about this time, my um, my um, uh, well, first of all, I should tell you there were two um, there are two houses in close proximity down there. Like you have my uh, the house that my my parents lived in and you had the house that my grandparents lived in so they were close proximity but then like and they had like a um, uh, huge acreage of land like I want to say they had 80, 85 acres or so down there whoa right. what yeah. were they doing with that 85 acres well you got to realize this is stuff that was uh, kind of grandfathered in if you will I mean this is stuff that just was just given uh, uh, air property yes yeah so they used it for farming and other things you know do you remember anything about the farming down there Oh my goodness, man! I tell you, they had um, gardens that seemed to go on for miles. <laughs> yeah. They had a, they had a specific name for it. They called it a truck patch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. You, they had some of everything, and I mean, they were growing peas, uh, watermelons, and things that they, you know, basically things that could sell. You know, squash, all that stuff. I mean, but it, it it didn't like I said, it's not like today's little city garden or whatever. No, this thing went on for a mile or so. <laughs> yeah, well, eighty five acres, man. It, it'd be good to be productive. It, man, that thing went on for whatever. I mean, for for the longest, and I just like even as a kid, just to, I can still have I still have images of it in my mind, you know, about what it looked like. You know, it's 
it was did so, it sustain the family oh it everybody did. ate yeah. only only from the the yard or maybe trading with other farms well, I don't, well here's the thing i don't know how they did business now like because keep in mind i was four years I old know, you're I, only I, four i get I, it. I don't know how they did it i mean i didn't i never even had that conversation about how they uh conducted business but uh-huh. all i didn't know was what i remember seeing yeah and and just to me just to see how big that garden was you know so like when people say garden to me now i laugh because it's like that's not a garden right <laughs> right so did they put you to work at, at four years old no uh, ricky g or you no. rocking in that Man, chair taking was, in all the experiences it was just sitting back uh relaxing being a kid uh but yeah i was gonna, i was uh, finishing up telling you about the story about oh, my uncle uh yeah whenever i was um sitting in this rocking chair and watching that show i couldn't be moved and this is uh right about the time is when um my uncle was dating at the time and this was one, this one particular instance he um he he whispers to his girlfriend he says hey watch this it's hey Rick, you want to come with us? I was like, uh, and his girlfriend's, you know, she's about to have a fit. I'm like he ain't coming with us, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, but what I replied was, I was like, no, Uncle Mick, I'm, I'm watching my show. And so he knew I was gonna say that, but he wanted to prove to her what I was gonna say. It's like your boy ain't going nowhere. He ain't getting out of that chair. Got you got Fred Sanford out there, Fred G. Sanford. What's the G stand for? I don't know. Said several things during that show. I don't. The no, G man. stands for good time. The, the G stands for whatever. That was like a running joke in that show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I tell you what, uh, uh, Fred Sanford. I tell you that that guy right there, Red Fox. Uh, Red Fox. I, I really enjoyed watching that show. I mean, he was a brilliant comedian. Matter of fact, he uh, he had done. He'd been a comedian long before that. I mean, in the fifties or so, you know, long yep. before that, you know. Yep. Matter of fact, I understand that uh, him and Michael Max were friends. That's what I understand as well from all accounts that I've heard, and mm-hmm. even I think he was in the Malcolm X movie uh, that that you know somebody portrayed him mm-hmm. in that movie. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I might be misremembering. Somebody somebody will fact check me and give me comments. <laughs> I, th- I think he might be right for maybe like a little, little bit part or something. But right. like I said, this that movie was three hours long, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, everybody had to be in there. Every, everybody that touched uh, that upon the life of Malcolm X. Yeah, but uh, but I've uh, read the book. And uh, I think at the time he was called Detroit Red. Uh, Detroit Red. Yeah, that's what uh, Malcolm X was, uh, was the name he was given. And he said the Chicago Red was uh, um, Red Fox's name before he became Red Fox. Gotcha. That's where the red came from. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I remember in the movie he t- he dyed his hair red, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and was there a purpose for that? I can't remember what. The I don't, well, you know, at the time, uh, you know, about Malcolm X, uh, yeah, the symbol of dyeing his hair red. Well. Well, no, no, it wasn't that he dyed his hair red. His hair, his hair was Natural red. red. Okay. Yeah, see, what he had, uh, he straightened his hair uh, through a uh, through a, a thing called conkaline. Well, it's known as conk per se. Okay. But yeah, that's what uh, they used to do to straighten their hair to look like the white man per se. You know, right? Trying to fit in, I guess. I guess that's what they were doing. But I mean, that's what, that that was the thing of the time. So, but yeah, and like I said, everybody had their little street monikers back then, as we do today. You know, I mean, nothing really changes. It's just like my mom said years ago: "There's nothing new under the sun. It's just that you got different players playing the game." That is correct, man. And I find that every twenty years, uh, it, trends seem to come back around. I mean, you think about fashion; uh, th- trends seem to come back around, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's everything. Pop culture, politically, it all comes back around. Because if you look at history, even contemporary history, twenty years ago, forty years ago, and you think about what they were saying, it's exactly the same as what they're saying now. It never changes, man. Yeah, I, I think. Um 
You're you're right. History does repeat itself. Matter of fact, I can tell you in fashion. Uh, my mom <laughs> was a character of all by herself. I remember um, back when a uh, platform uh, uh, shoes came back for like a sm- a small little second or whatever, and she had seen some, and she uh, looked at this young girl wearing one wearing them, and she was like. Those things were ugly then, and they're ugly now. <laughs> you know, my daughter, my fourteen-year-old daughter's got platform shoes, and she won't get out of them. It, it, it's great, man. They make her feel taller. I think is what it is. You know, she thinks she can run in them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're comfortable for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fashion just comes back around. And there's things that I've seen too that have made a comeback too in fashion. I mean, I mean, take for instance Air Jordans. Yeah. You know, I, I still remember seeing them when they first came out, and to see them resurge again. I mean, I had them with the I had them too. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I mean, just to see all these younger kids uh, wearing them now, like they brand new, I'm just like, dude, I so remember that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen them come back. I've seen Reebok Pump come back. I've seen uh, Patrick Ewing shoes come back. You know, there's a lot of things you see in fashion that are uh, making a comeback. I've even seen hairstyles. When I was in high school, I had. Um, what it was called a box it was like a hot top fade thing going kid and play man yeah right <laughs> and you know you see these kids today you know they're they're wearing them as well i'm like man if he didn't look like somebody you know if he didn't look like me back in the early 90s you know oh yeah so you, you, you want to have a house party <laughs> <laughs> no man I, dude ricky g I, I i know you have stuff in your mind and i want i want to go back uh, hmm. you know i know we kind of went off on a little a little tangent there but hmm. i do want you to finish the story of you coming up through this world and, and that you know at four years old even learning uh, about life uh, through sanford and son and probably other uh, tv shows but see, it, I, have, I have i have i have some thoughts about that i don't think it, i don't think that any four-year-old should be watching that show because that's a lot of adult humor in that and you think about the times, man, you know, 77 uh, uh-huh. through 81 is when you were there sitting in front of that TV. That was like social commentary. Wow, man, they're going they're going off the rails, you know, and, and we're going to talk maybe about what's going on now. But well, yeah. Um, so we had um, there were two main sh- well, actually three shows that I liked when I was a kid um, in that era. I can say that I also watched the Jeffersons. You better believe I watched it, man. the Jeffersons and I also watched Different Strokes. So those were you better believe those were all it. the main shows I can remember watching in the early eighties. Oh, those are the shows that shaped our lives in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. In the early eighties, I was uh, just. And getting into high school, middle school and high school, and I was mm-hmm. watching those shows, amongst other shows, of course. You know, there was for me it was the Knight Rider and the and the uh, well something that was probably above above my age. Or, uh, well, no, I guess I was old enough for Miami Vice, but I was in Miami at the time, or or in that area in South Florida. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was ah, so many good shows back there in, in the eighties. You're mm-hmm. taking me back, Ricky right. G. No, no, moving forward. Now I was telling you. Um, uh, up until the age of four years old, I lived in the um, Chittister area. So moving forward, my mother got a divorce. We uh, moved in with her parents up here, and uh, in Conway, in Conway, Arkansas. yes. Uh huh. So we sorry about that. Oh no problem. Uh, but uh, yeah, we moved here, and um, uh, after uh, like I said a few months later, uh, well, keep in mind uh, when she uh, moved from there. Oh no. After after the divorce, she um, was pregnant with my sister, and so she was actually born in eighty one. Eighty one, yeah. So eighty one was this big, huge, yes, a big year. turning year for you. Yeah, and I mean, keep in mind, um, it was also one of the uh, early years that uh, Toadsuck was uh, um, um, originated in the city. Toadsuck is a Toadsuck days. Well, Toadsuck days is uh, basically a little, maybe a three day carnival that Conway has. Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, but I can remember, like I said, um, 81 for sp- specifically because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that happened. As a matter of fact, uh, well, that's pretty much all I can say about it anymore. Well, no, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> so uh, you moved in with, with mom's parents, parents you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, grandma, grandpa. Yeah, so right about this time is... Uh, um, How did that change your life? Did you still have the rocking chair? Did no. Did you still have the ability to, to watch the shows you wanted to watch? No, I didn't because uh, my life changed dramatically. It's like everything went to, from having a choice to not having a choice. There you to go. Like to where you talked about how you didn't have a choice of what you eat. My mom used to say things like... a. Uh, you need to be glad uh, that you got this to eat. You know, for kids in Africa, be glad to get what you eat. <laughs> you know, we we went from having the choice to, to hearing statements like that on a regular. Looking so. back, I mean, you can see that that your mom had a life that was, you know, that was set. You know, she thought that this was the way it was going to be. You had eighty five acres of land. You mm-hmm. had plenty of plenty to eat. Roof over your head. Thing was things were going well, and mm-hmm. then the divorce. Man, then it probably right. turned your mom's life upside down. Right, I, I a could, little bit. I would say it did, but at the same time, I mean, people in life, you know, we nothing stays the same. I mean, you know, people go through right. changes. That's just the way life is. And um, but regardless of what the, every change you go through, you find a way to uh, bounce back and survive. So four years old, you're. I mean, I'm guessing you're getting close to school age. Um, and you're going to school in Conway, Arkansas? Well, I would say, hold on, let me back that up because, see, no, I, okay. my, yeah. I was born um, in October. Matter of fact, my mother still remembers the day that I was born. She says... I hope so. I mean, <laughs> Mom remembers your birthday? That's yeah, great. Yeah, not, that's not the point that I'm making, but I'm just saying she uh, remembers the actual date of, like, the, the day of the week that I was born. Right. And uh, she said it was very specific because, see, um, my mom's very religious, yeah. And we grew up in the, um, grew up going to the Church of God in Christ. And um, the day that I was born was also the same day of her pastor's anniversary. Okay. So she remembers that very, <laughs> very, very, very uh, well. So, so, yeah, so how did they celebrate? I mean, what, well, was, what was that all about? Well, the pastor's anniversary, basically, it's just... Uh, um, it's a day to honor your pastor. You know, yes. I mean, you get people from around the city or beyond. They come and they give speeches uh, about the, uh, the pastor and they give him gifts. Him and the first lady, of course. Uh, they give him all gifts and so on and so forth. And that's, that's, that's pretty much how that works. Man, I've never heard of that. And that's yeah. in the Church of God? Church of God in Christ. But, I Church mean, that's, of God in Christ. Well, that's... Uh, um, that's how I experienced it. That's um, pretty nice. Yeah, but That's I'm pretty, pretty nice. sure other you know, churches just, do this it This guy, too. he's working hard to get you your spiritual food mm-hmm. the way the way that you're supposed to do it. But you got to realize October as a whole is Clergy Appreciation Month. That's true. October so in the not, Bible is a lot, is pretty big. So it's not just you know Church of God in Christ. I think every pastor experienced some type of appreciation during that so that month. It's just that that particular day I was born. <laughs> yeah, past the anniversary. Look so, at you. So yeah, but I, that's another thing I can say about my mom. You know, I've learned a lot from her, I, and one of the things that I've learned from her is how to be a. a really great person you know um i'm a firm believer in the golden rule you know uh and doing others you know so on and so forth no no give me the golden rule as you as you know it well the um basically i mean golden rule as i see it is to treat people like as you want to be treated and that's generally and it doesn't matter who it is black white you know doesn't matter what race i mean treat everybody like you would want to be treated and that's i guess in a sense what makes me famous because i'm, I'm known for doing that um i, I can make a friend, a friend just about out of anybody i think you know and uh, that's why a lot of people like to be around me is because i'm just a friendly person yeah. you know um even the bible tells us i forgot what scripture it is uh, um but it's uh it says for any man that would uh seek to have friends you must sh- first show yourself as being friendly Dig it. Think about it. 
I mean, you don't know people are friendly until they come up to, hey, how you doing? You know, you don't know that they're inviting until they yeah. approach you, you know. So I was correct in that aspect. And yeah, so the, today is the first time that we're meeting Ricky G. And I've been following you on social media and I'm enjoying following you on social media, man. I know you're active in the community. I know you're active in social media as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and man, I'm, I'm glad that we're here today. And I'm learning a lot about you, what shaped your life. You got here to Conway, Arkansas at the tender age of four years old. Mm-hmm. And life changed for you. You got a sister. Yes. How did that, you know, I mean, how did that go? You, you got to share the spotlight now. Uh, tell me more. Well, you know, um, me and my sister, um, <laughs> We're polar opposites. Okay. <laughs> We're polar opposites. Uh, I am more so the kind and gentle one. You know, I mean, some, like I said, more inviting, and she is not. Okay. <laughs> she is not. I mean, she. A little more apprehensive. Well, she is, yeah. And my mom, you know, let her tell her she thinks she, she's responsible for that because a lot of the emotions that she was carrying in her, you know, that she think came out in her child. Yeah. Yeah. So she I, thinks. Man, that, I imagine that has to be something true to that there has to be some scientific note to that yeah, to whatever the mom is feeling uh-huh. and gets transferred to that child that she's carrying yeah because so uh, keep keep our pregnant mothers uh, you know sacred for sure take care of them yeah so that's something oh. that she blames herself for you know she says that a lot of the emotions that she was feeling you know transferred to my sister because my sister uh she's always had a turbulent life she's been, had several instances you know with the law run-ins with the law and 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 it's due just because like she's always been Someone that's been mad all the time, you know. Huh. But I will say that, I mean, as an adult, she's changed because she now has two kids. Right. You know, I mean, she's been in and out of jail uh, several different times. But now she's gotten her act together and she's now raising uh, uh, two daughters. Uh, one uh, getting ready to graduate from high school and another one at about the age of 10. So That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, and life does change when you have kids, for sure. Absolutely. And, and personally, I, I tell you what, like I said, me and my sister, we didn't have the best relationship growing up. Like I said, because we always were into it. Yeah. But um, but you're the older brother. Man, yeah. Has, that comes with responsibility. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, like I said, we was always into it. I mean, arguing over needless stuff, you know. I mean, it was it was to the point, I hate to say it, but we used to try to kill each other without killing each other. Yikes. <laughs> I have a little brother, too. And we yes, used we used to, to fight, to, too. We used to try to... Uh, and my mom would... Uh, I, I tell you, I mean... I just really think that we did a number on her nerves, you know, because we was always chasing around, you know, the house with some type of an object such as a knife or a broom or something. Trying to try. Whoa. Yeah, it was bad. Okay, my brother was old with the knives. I, I didn't have any weapons like, like I said, that. We were trying to kill each other without actually doing it. Okay, I'm glad you're right. here. I appreciate Crazy it. This. Any, any permanent scars? <laughs> oh, no, nah, man. But it's like I said, it was all in fun, you know. It's like... Uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's all I part lo- of growing up. Yeah, it's part, it's part of growing up. But yeah, but like I said, I love my sister. She loves me. We're at, we're at better times now. And then I will say this: uh, I, I am quite religious myself. Okay, that's why you don't see me uh, posting, you know, foul language and stuff on Facebook and yeah. stuff like that. You don't see that because that's just not who I am. Uh, that's not to say I don't read it, <laughs> but I'm just, I don't. We I don't. I don't, see it. I, I, I don't do it myself yeah. because I think I have a. Uh, I'm very uh, mindful of my image. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody else should, should be as well. So that's why you don't see me pers- posting uh, stuff filled with uh, vulgarity and stuff. It's just not who I am. Yeah, you listen to some of these podcasts. I talk to people all over the world, and, you know, they'll say, Can I curse on this? I said, I'm not going to, you know, but I'm not going to limit your speech. 
but mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And usually that curbs them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that puts a limit in their head. They start thinking, oh, okay. And, and what I'm doing is I'm protecting children, you know, because behind mm-hmm. those words comes a, a, a certain feeling. You know, be, you know, we've put that that weight on certain words. So I won't use those words because that weight carries, you know, a, 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 a price. And I don't want to have the children or anyone really pay that price on my behalf. No, there's power in the tongue. Yeah. You know, so and, and the power of life and death in the, um, in the tongue. So you got to be very careful with uh, the words that you choose. Uh and in fact, I mean, even especially in social media today, because you see a whole bunch of careers and stuff that they ended just because they said something racist or something out of the norm that just hurt uh, quite a few people. You know, so, so you got to be careful what you say in social media. So. Well, uh, just on that, what do you think of cancel culture where you say one thing wrong and that's it? Your life's over. Your career's over. Well, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. I don't think it's fair at all. But, I mean, that's just, um, that's the world, that's the country we live in. I mean, I have to say it, but America, it really isn't a forgiven country. I mean, even though we're supposed to be one nation under God, yeah. we don't act like it a lot of times because we're not forgiving. And God says we should forgive our neighbor. We don't a lot of times. You think we can live, learn, and you know, learn from the mistakes that we we made? I think we I'm all. Sorry, do. I did that. Yes, I think it's. I mean, I think we all do. But I mean, but as a society, I mean, we don't forgive people for their mistakes, and, and, and especially in this country. And I hate to say it because there's a lot of people that may have made uh, mistakes in their earlier years, like in their I say teenage, early, uh, late teenage yeah. years or so. But yeah, they're punished for life for that. Yeah, for, I, don't, I mean, for I don't, us, I don't uh, think growing that's fair. up, we didn't have social media oh, where oh. there's a record of it. Forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, remember twenty years ago when you said this? That, that's what the kids that that are growing up, they were born in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are, are going to have a record of everything they've done throughout their lives, uh, and we didn't have that. I'm so, glad we didn't have that. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, I've done plenty of things when I was in my my twenties, and even pre- previous to that, mm-hmm. that that I I wouldn't want anyone to to really dwell on. I've learned from the mistakes. Yeah, but like I said, in this country, we, we've got to do a better job at forgiving people. And that's, I don't know, well, I guess we're not there yet. Right. And I hope I see it before I, my, you know, my life ends, of course. But I'm just saying we've got to get to a better place to where we uh, we treat our neighbor right. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I used to be a very religious man, and I remember reading the Bible. I, I think I've read it five officially times and then a few other times th- throughout but you know, and I know that there's a lot of good instructions there, whether you believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I'm not a practicing uh, member of any religion right now. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm I guess I. I can be say. I, you could say I'm searching. But I know that there's. I mean, and, there's that's, good and, and that's okay, there. though. I mean, because um, even though in uh, in this country we. Uh, no, we say we're one nation under God, and a lot of us are Christians. But however, whatever, here's how I see it, though. Yeah. And I told you about how I believe and how you treat everybody, you know, how you'd want to be treated. Absolutely. Regardless of what religion. Unless you're a psychopath. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> my, my thing is, um, let's say you're Muslim. I think that if whatever you religion you practice, as long as it makes you a better person, that's something I care about. Yeah, yeah. if it's a book of instructions that's giving you a, a good moral code, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's one thing that religion does do for you. I mean, or mm-hmm. at least you know a, a, a true solid religion. There's a lot of mm-hmm. different churches that take it to the extreme and such, but mm-hmm. you know that's a whole other story. But my point is, as long as it, it, it at the end of the day, it causes you to treat your neighbor right. I mean, that's all thing that anybody should really be caring about at this point. 
you know, because we have to be, I mean, we have to live on this earth together. And, and we are eventually, I mean, through business or social interaction, we're going to come in contact with one another. We have to know how to treat one another whenever we're kind of in contact with each other. So Absolutely, man. So that's where I'm at with that. So, yeah. Um, well, we're going through the life of, of Ricky G and... Uh-huh. and and learning about things that you you think about your views on things. Well, I was gonna uh, fast forward my life a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, we can go through. I mean, what what school did you go to? Uh, right here in Conway, I graduated high school here, and uh, the the building that I graduated uh, from is no longer no it's no longer there. Is it Conway yeah. High School? Yeah, Conway High School. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. any extracurricular activities you did? Or? Well, no. I mean, because I worked uh, when I went through high school in my what work. Well, I worked in fast food. Yeah, Joe Jobs, I KFC and Swenson's ice cream and stuff. Yeah, uh, like I said, I worked in fast food and stuff because my, um, my 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 family didn't have a whole lot of money coming up, and so I mean, for the things that I wanted, I had to you know my parents they would have bought it, but they would have gave me hell about buying it. So I'm just like, I was, so was it to help the family or was it no, so you can get some spending cash? So I get some spending cash. Good, good. That's a good lesson. I for mean, because don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we had well, I grew up in a house. I mean, not a trailer house or anything, but a house and out in the country, uh, and and our needs were met. It's just that when it came down to wants and stuff, those weren't met. <laughs> gotcha. you, you know. So if you one of those Jordans, you one of those Ewings. Uh, you had to get them. I had to get it myself, you yeah. know. And I've been working uh, since the age of fifteen. Matter of fact, I started working in the um, um, program called JTPA. It was the Job Training Job Training Partnership Act at the time. It was called. And this was like early nineties, like uh, yeah. 90, ninety-two. So I was fifteen then. So uh, I think the first thing that I, the first thing that I bought with my money was a CD player. <laughs> Oh my person A person been like eight hundred bucks for a CD player. Man, back I, I don't know. I, I, I think in the eighties it was. <laughs> but that's the thing about technology. Um, as things are mass produced, uh, the price goes down. Absolutely, man. So, oh, so I, I think mine. I think it was like maybe sixty, seventy bucks. That I, uh, it was like one of them. It was like a Walkman CD. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So, and I think the first two CDs that I bought was um, Crisscross. Uh, uh, You're so funny. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. What were the CDs you bought? Yeah. Crisscross will make it jump. Yeah. Jump. So that was like the popular CD of the time. And then uh, I bought that and I bought TLC. Both of those are. Uh, you better believe uh, it, man. Both of those are Atlanta um, artists. You know, per se, but yeah, uh, those were the first two CDs that I ever bought uh, and I listened to. And well, even for, though my- for a kid of that age, mm-hmm. that's very diverse. Yeah. You know, you had one hip hop and one R and B. You mm-hmm. know, so those are two. That is that where you, your, your style back then? Is that oh, what you yeah. were thinking? That's what it was my style then, and it's my style now. You know, I mean, granted, I still listen. I don't listen to today's music because I just I don't have a connection with it. But I will say that I still listen to um, old school rap. You know, stuff. That kind of shaped me. I mean, the stuff that my aunts were listening to. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, yeah, I still refer back to that. And then I also listen to a lot of jazz and stuff because it relaxes me. Per se, you know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you need music with without words in order to sit back and just whoopsie. I guess. Yeah, Chris Cross <laughs> will make it jump, man. That, I mean, that that is a fantastic. That that that's still the beginnings of it, of hip hop and. Man, I, it's hard to believe that Criss Cross is old school now. I mean, my favorite rapper of all time is Heavy D. And in mm. fact, I was a firefighter for a while in Key Largo, and that was on the back of my helmet. Heavy D, you know, mm. ah. I, you know, I loved it, man. You know, my name is Dan, but Heavy mm. D, I, 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 I like the 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 way he he rapped, and I liked that it wasn't well, foul. Well, I was just about to get to that point. See, um, I was only um allowed to listen to a certain amount of music. 
uh, in my household because my household was very strict and religious, you know. So, but um, and my parents generally had to approve of what I was listening to. And one of the artists that they approved of was Heavy D because he didn't curse, you know. Yes. And um, TLC, they didn't cuss, and then you had uh, t- you know, Criss Cross, they didn't cuss either. So it's like, God, uh, that's safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> like that's that safe. Uh, if you see, a lot of times the kids are wearing headphones. And yeah. the parents don't know what they're listening well, to. I was about to get to that too. <laughs> I was about to get to that too because see, uh, 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 yeah, because would be bit my. Well, first of all, I should say my mom. You know, she said whatever you're going to listen to, put it to your own ears. You know, make sure that we don't hear. It, you know, disturb us. You know, right. So I did have that choice to do that. And then as I got older, I started uh, listening to music that wasn't so clean. <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> so, right. And uh, and I started buying old music. Is it uh, still in high school or just yeah? It's still in high school. Yeah, it's okay. still it's still in high school. So I'm now, buying. How was music. the crowd? Were, were you listening with your friends or, or this is all on your own? It's all on my own. You know, I think I was like years ahead of my friends when it came to music, though, because, I mean, I was still listening. I was listening to things that my aunts and stuff listened listen to, the music that they listened to, like Cool uh, uh, and the Gang, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire, and things of that nature. You know, those were the things that I, they listened to a lot. You know, Michael Jackson, uh, you name it, I was listening to it. Well, that's our first experiences when we listen to what our family listened to, what our, what our older folks, my mom, you know, gave me, you know, my first records, my, my first eight track tapes. Yes, I'm a little older, you know, I'm 51. So, uh, you know, but eight track tapes mm-hmm. and, and 45 records. So they're the ones that shape you see, initially. All, this, all the stuff you're talking about right now, see, that's very current to me because I know what that is. You ask somebody younger than us, like, what is that? What is that? What is well, that? What's that, Grandpa? What's a, what's a 45? What's a 78? What's a eight right. track? You know, what's a CD? Absolutely, <laughs> you know, man. It's to the point now, it's like people don't even use CDs anymore. They uh, use uh, MP, MP3 and 4 now. I think it, it's a trope in, in old people in movies uh, when they want to give something to their, their kids or their grandkids. Oh, I'll burn you a CD. And then, Grandpa, what's that? You know, mm-hmm. here's my thumb drive. Here's my here's my phone. Just put it on my phone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, technology has a way of dividing generations and stuff. I suspect, man. But we that grew up through all of it, we I, I mm. still know how to splice tape on a reel-to-reel uh-huh. uh, with my radio stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. And, so, um, extracurriculars. I mean, I mean, you, you well, listen to the school, uh, ra- uh, listen to the records in school. What else are you doing? Well, in high school, um, wasn't well. I, I should say again that I worked. Uh, yeah, you like, worked. Yeah, I worked. Uh, so I didn't. I wasn't involved in like football or anything like that. However, I did go support the games. Uh, you know, know my friends Good. and stuff you know whenever i had an off day or whatever i would um go and i'd watch them play Excellent. so i mean i got to watch a lot of people that i respect today you know come up through um conway uh, athletics like there's people right now um that i watched when i was a kid matter of fact uh, my cousin earl chriswell was on the the undefeated team uh when he was in junior high under uh, the leadership of Rural Shepherd. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Rural, I mean, today, if you were to ask him, he would tell you that he never lost a football game until he got to high school. See, you're you're going through history, man. It might be personal history to you, mm-hmm. but anyone who's living in Conway, Arkansas, is going to recognize some of those names. I like giving credit to where credit is due, man, and people that, that helped shape your life throughout throughout mm-hmm. time. Rick well, you know, I, um, um Everybody has their um, town has their own local celebrities. A lot of their local celebrities are their, are their sports figures. Like I can name names today, like uh, people that I recognize. I mean, these are people that I actually grew up 
you know, on the east side of, uh, on, on the east side of Conway. But I see, you know, I seen these people every day. But at the same time, in my mind, they're bigger than life. Right. I mean, uh, I can name sports figures such as uh, Aaron Howard, uh, uh, touchdown Tony Turner, uh, Rule <laughs> Shepard. I mean, these are people that people in Conway would recognize. You know, that I mean, as as being sports figures. Um, then you got people like uh, even before me. I'm actually related to Lawson Pilgrim. Lawson Pilgrim was on the um, the the. State championship team that went thirty six and zero. Get it? He, See, he, I, he can't I, do it. <laughs> I'm not a guy that talks sports, but yeah. I love going to a sports game. I, yeah, I like going to. Well, a, I'm kind of like uh, that too. I don't talk sports either, but I mean, I give credit uh, to where it's due. I mean, for people that um, that put in the work. Yeah, I appreciate the athleticism uh, of someone who can you know make their bodies that strong. I, I I did it. You know, back in the in the in, in, when I was 22, I wanted to get into the fire department, so I ran. I, I mm. made myself able to to do these goals, and it wasn't easy. So I, I appreciate the the athletes. Well, you know, I mean, this here's how I see it. I mean, for a lot of people out there, they say, "Oh, you tell somebody that you've done something, you know, like uh, being a sports agent." Oh, I couldn't do that. I'm gonna tell you what, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. I mean, anything you seriously, anything you want to do, you can do. I mean, as long as you have. The, the the time and the focus you can get it done it's just about how, what you um what what steps are you willing to take to get there you have to have that mindset you got to be driven oh for gotta sure. be driven got to be driven so um so yeah now uh i was gonna um uh fast forward a little bit to, um before i went to college well first of all um um i should tell you that i'm um i'm a veteran oh Look at you! Got yeah, the ring um, on. Yes, yeah, so, uh, 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 veteran of what? Uh, United States Marine Corps Reserve. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah what was so, your job there? Well, my job uh, was very simple. I was a truck driver. Very well, good. Yeah. So you see, um, these military trucks like five tons and uh, cut V's, um, LVS. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, fi- uh, Hummers. Yeah, yeah, so all of, all of those I was uh, classified to drive. That's uh, how we doing get on time. <laughs> we can go forever and ever, man. Okay, I, I got nothing wanna, to do. I just it's all make, Ricky G. Day. I just want to make sure we had enough time to talk. I was just making sure that the thing was still recording. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but yes, you're a truck driver, lifeblood of America, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, you got to realize transportation uh, in the military is highly important because you got to realize what you're transporting. You're, 90% of the time you're transporting two things, you're transporting troops. Yep. And you're transporting supply. Now, supply is the most important, and and the time of day you do, decide to do it is very important too. Um, one of the things you got to realize that um, supply is highly important because if you can take out an enemy supply, then you got them. So, so yeah. you're always on guard, you know, with somebody, you know, trying to protect the perimeter and making sure that you get from point A to point B. Well, every time I studied wars, it was bur- blowing up the bridges, yeah. making sure they couldn't get their supplies. Yeah. And the so, only uh, downside to blowing up those bridges, you couldn't, you couldn't get, get back gra- either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you got to make sure uh, whatever decision you make that, that, that you're going to be able to recover from it. Correct. So, so driving trucks in, in, the, in the Marine Corps, that's fantastic. Yeah. Did you so, get to visit any places uh, around the world? Well, um, yeah, they sent me to Kosovo back in uh, 1999-ish. But uh, we weren't there that long, though. Yeah. It was like uh, maybe uh, like a split second for, uh, i say from, because it didn't last that long. It was like maybe a year, but we were only there, what, six months? Well, I mean, uh, you know, and I've said it before on this podcast, I wish there wasn't a need for armed forces. Mm-hmm. I wish that those resources could be uh, better used to to help people all over the world. But I know that that's a, a byproduct. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, when we do have conflicts with certain nations, uh, then 
afterwards the aftermath will help rebuild mm-hmm. and did you ever get to experience any of that or what rebuild anything no, uh, no. you know tearing down or rebuilding you know well, no, if not you care that. to discuss well no not really like i said then did again when you talked about the military there's only so much you can discuss anyway because right. you know it's pertinent information you know <laughs> wait it was, i can tell you but i'd have to no <laughs> right right so you know there's only so much i can talk about in that aspect but uh but I, what i can tell you is that i enjoyed my time in yeah how and long it's only extended four years four years yeah hey, that's four years more than me well but i'm gonna tell you what i mean and this just goes back to what i was telling you earlier about how people say that well when when people tell you that, that they can't do anything uh do a certain thing then uh i'm always gonna tell them that they're wrong because you can like t- I'm gonna take take for instance myself. I'm I've been five foot four majority of my adult life, yeah. and I don't think that's gonna change anytime soon. Uh, I may have expanded in the waist a little bit, but I mean, as for height, no, I've, it's it is what it is. But the point is, you know, people used to, you know, I guess discredit me because of how short I was, saying, "Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that," you know. And I didn't prove them wrong. I mean, there's so many things that I learned in the Marine Corps. Oh my goodness, like hand-to-hand combat. My goodness, dude, I could I could pull a jet Lee on you real quick. <laughs> You're teaching people about low center of gravity. No, yeah. I mean, that's Wasn't that of... Tony Cox? Yeah, he said that in one mm. movie. I can't remember what movie it was. Mm. It, it, oh, it was uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm. He he was uh, he was play, he was the the limo driver mm-hmm. and Jim he I think he he was talking to Jim Carrey's character and he said uh, let me show you about low center of gravity because he's a little a little man too mm-hmm. you know who Tony Cox is right well I'd be the, lying if I said I did <laughs> well the, the little guy in uh, he's a bad Santa he's uh, a little person okay well I had to look that up yeah, for sure but anyway. <laughs> I had to do my homework on that but, one but uh, yeah. you know okay as a, as a smaller well I mean you're not that small no I'm not I mean yeah, I'm under six foot it's about as about as good as I can get, but um, yeah. but I have you're a sturdy little, gentleman. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can hold my own. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you got that hand to hand combat. I, I can hold my own. But the point is, like I said, um, so being in the military gave you confidence. It gave me very much. Yeah, I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence to do a lot of things that I didn't think I could do. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I learned about a core value such as honor, courage, and commitment as well. You know, that and you know. Uh, having pride in serving this nation, you know, yes. those, those are the things that I. Because um, when you tell somebody you're Marine, they automatically, you know, get this uneasy feeling because they don't, because <laughs> <laughs> they they think Marines are crazy. Which, well, that is not that far away from the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, first there's, there's an instant mindset is that you served in the military. Yeah, you did something that not a lot of people would do, and you volunteered to do that. It wasn't like you were drafted into that. And so it takes a certain kind of yeah. a, a mindset. I, I wanted to go into the Navy, but I got in a motorcycle wreck like two days before I was supposed to, to go in, really. And so my brother was in the Navy, and I, I it changed him. He dropped out of high school, and, I, and he's told this story on this podcast before. He dropped out of high school, but then he went to the Navy, and it straightened him right up. So he did that four yeah, or they have years. Yeah, they have a way of doing that because it's just like a, um, the training is very – Rigorous, and I will say that um, Marines we strive off of physical ability. I mean, everything we do is physical. You think um, whether or not, especially when it comes to hand to hand combat, because what are you gonna do when you run out of bullets? You got that right. <laughs> you gotta know what, the, what else you gotta do, right? So, uh, so, so when yeah, you went in, were you in shape, or did the Marines no, make you in shape? No, I'm, you, I'm gonna say um, I was not as in sh- as in shape as I should have been because I could run. Uh, 
really well. I mean, I was always fast. And then I was, even though I didn't play uh, basketball, per se, and, um, you know, as for extracurricular sports and stuff, I was still pretty decent on the court uh, in my old neighborhood. So, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like, coming through the hole and swinging and banging on people, you know, or nothing like that. But you give me a nice little outside shot, shot the rain for days on them. Very good. Yeah, Very matter good. of fact, I, I think somebody has video footage of me uh, recently uh, at a UCA game. Um, There's a quick story about that. Um, yeah. uh, it was at halftime. Well, first of all, before halftime, they were, were some of the people that were doing the promotions or whatever that came around and asked people if they would uh, want to, you know, be a, be a participant and a lot of those uh, younger people was like nah I'm not finna do all of that you know there's a lot of people out here I'm not finna do that embarrass myself and here it is I'm sitting next to these people and listening to them talk I'm like I'll do it and here, now keep in mind I'm in full dress uh, uh, suit here uh, um, dressed up you know shiny shoes all this good stuff you know but I still um that's just how much of the love of the game I have, you know. So I wanted to get out there and just have some fun, you know, yeah. win or lose. So uh, anyway, they uh, called my name and um, they gave me this basketball. And uh, they told me that I um, had a certain time limit to shoot these shots. Yeah. Okay, so I'm out here competing with uh, another person across the way. You know, we're at two different ends of the, the court. Right. I'm at one goal, they're at another goal. All right, so as soon as they hit the clock, man, I, I start shooting. And every single last shot I hit, uh, it, it went in just like what? Every yeah, I mean just how right many up, shots? Oh, uh, uh, it's three, you know, because three I had, shots, three in, three three shots, three in. I mean, because I, I had to I had to lay up, I had to free shot, three throw, free throw shot, and a uh, three point all under ten seconds. <laughs> we had, nice. Yeah, so I think we had like maybe a minute to do all of that, and they said that was the first person in a long time that's done that. And here it is, I'm dressed up. <laughs> I just nailed in the back, and it was matter of fact. I want to say this was the day of um, the the current president of the UCA. It was his birthday, I think it was. Uh, Look at you doing yeah, stuff on uh, yeah, on special days, yeah. being born, having uh, this this <laughs> achievement. Now, oh, how'd the other person do? Oh, I, I don't know. I wasn't side. paying attention to them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was just focused in the zone doing my own thing, you know. So and what, I was, did you, what did you win for this? Well, um, it was uh, something. Well, the promotion was something from Moe's. And to this day, they still have yet to come. I still have yet to collect on that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. Moe's, I'm still looking for you. Come on, Moe's. Get that man a gift card or something. Tell him, welcome yeah. to Moe's. Here's a gift I'm card. I'm still looking for you, Moe's. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't about the promotion. For me, it was more so for fun. I just wanted to get out there and have fun. You know, like I said, whether I won or not, I just wanted to be out there and having fun. And this is that you while you this were in college. Oh, no, this is like that. That was a recent event that just happened what? within like oh, like earlier this year before this whole COVID thing. Look at you with bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 oh, how, how'd your, how how the people that you came with? Uh, how how they feel when you did that man did, did it make you make you feel good uh, you know it's all about ego sometimes you know sometimes hey good job pat on the back you know that's pretty much all it was you know they was happy that i did as well as i did you know that's beautiful i man. mean so but uh um, it's nice to achieve man it's nice mm -hmm. to have that athleticism that that uh, hand-eye coordination mm -hmm. uh, you know i me getting in the, into the bucket no not really can't do mm -hmm. it you know yeah. but not that i couldn't do it if i practiced enough i probably could do it like i said it's all about focus i mean whatever yes. you uh, choose to um Focus on your talents, on um, per se. I mean, this it's, people in this world are smart in certain areas. You know, like whatever they want to be smart in. You got yeah. doctors, lawyers, all that stuff. I mean, that's not to say they're smarter than you. It's just that their focus was different. I mean, yeah. you probably could have been one if you chose that field. Sure. 
I mean, so yeah, that's pretty much how life is. You know, is if you if you put forth the focus and getting things done, you can make it happen. It's just all about how uh, you're willing to go about doing it, and how much time you're willing to give yourself to do it. So finishing up high school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a good student, and then you went into college? Or, or well, no, no, what, no, 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 no. Well, in the high school, I wasn't that great a student. I mean, I was just a B and C student. Um, hey, top three, A, B, C. You're well, you know, three. I mean, I wasn't failing by any means, you know, I mean. I mean, I could backhand myself now for the grades that I got um, because, like, my mom... I'm always talking about my mom. Good. Uh, she shaped she, your life, she man. Did, you learned though, a lot I, from mom. I'm not gonna, yeah, oh, well, she was always constantly telling me, say, she said, boy, you're smart. <laughs> she said, you're just wasting your potential. <laughs> and, you know, That's looking good. back on it, and, you know, she was right because I really wasn't all that focused. I was just, you know, I didn't even think that I'd ever want to go to college. You know, I always thought that college was for smart people. I learned uh I learned later that it's not the case. It's it's just like I told you before. It's about focus. Because I'm gonna tell you what, and I'm, I'm gonna get you into that too. Now I'm gonna tell you about. Um, I told you about me going to the military. Now fast forward. Now uh, was the military before college? Yes, or? it was. It college. was. Yes, it was. Okay. College, so how did you get recruited into the military? How did, how did I? I mean, did you? What made you think well, about well, the military? Well, okay. Well, let me go. Well, let me let me talk about that then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then this was 1995. Well, first of all, I should tell you about my stepdad. My stepdad was someone that always pushed me. To, to do things, you know. <clears throat> so, um, but he 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 was he was crazy like that. <laughs> he, he he would say stuff to me like uh, when I was um, thirteen years old, and whenever I turned to birthday, he was like, "Oh, because uh, uh, his thing, you got you're, you're you're gonna have to be a man sometime." Right. You know, he just never let me just go through life not knowing that I wasn't going to be a man. You know, he's like, "You gonna have to do something at some point. You you not gonna be here forever." You know, he he, he let that be known up front. You know, he's like, my responsibility for you is going to be up at a certain time. So, you know, you need to get yourself together as of right now. So, so, anyways, moving forward with that, he would always say stuff like, you know, oh, you're 13. Good for you. You know, you got four years to get the hell out of my house, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are his words, not mine. I could see it. <laughs> I mean, he said that every time I turned a birthday, oh, you're 15. <laughs> Same thing, you know. <laughs> that's going to push you into responsibility. So, so you know, I'm, I'm just that's like, a man. Kind of parenting. Yeah, man. so I just, the whole time I'm just thinking about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, so finally I get to my senior year, and he's eating same. And I um, keep in mind my birthday was in October. Remember? Yes. Uh, uh, and so October came, and I turned eighteen. So, so what's your plan, boy? Oh, <laughs> what you gonna do? Wow. You know, so um, so again, I had to come up with my a solution. And so career day, you know, everybody has career day now. So um, career day, you know, you had people from the community, colleges, and trade schools and stuff. They a military, they come to you and they uh. They ask you, you know, or they present something for you to to look forward to doing, you know, uh, for, uh, no, for life beyond high school, of course. And so, um, with that being said, I talked to the Army first, you know, because um, be honest with you, the Marines wasn't my first choice. I was thinking about Army because I wanted to be like my stepdad in a sense, you know, at first, you know, because, I mean, that's all he ever talked about was, you know, because he was, uh, he was a, a before, I, I will say this, he was a sergeant. In the army, and he was his job was field artillery. Was that the job he was doing? No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying that's 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 what he had done previously prior to him marrying my mother. But I mean, that's something that was in. So not a career. No, 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 no. This was like old. Well, keep in mind, you should. I should tell you that my mother's husband uh, was um, considerably older than her. 
Yeah, he was a, he was an old man when he married my mom. He was in his I say old man now, but because I'm I, I don't know I, I don't consider that old now because I'm about to approach that age. But uh, he was he perspective. Was, he was in, he, 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 he at the time he was an old man to me. Right, and um, and I will say this about him he um, he did a lot of shaping my life. I mean, he even uh, gave me pieces of his life growing up and. Uh, but yeah, the military was something that he talked about, and he talked about you know field artillery. Matter of fact, he was in uh, he was in the Korean War. That's how old he is. Well, wow. was should I say? So he had uh, from like fifty to fifty three. He was in, involved in the Korean War, and, wow. and he even had pictures. I'm pretty sure my mom still has those pictures somewhere of him being a young man and uh, traveling to Korea and all this and stuff, you know, and telling me about the life is uh, you know being a veteran and stuff. So, but yeah, he always made it so that you know I was gonna. He, you know, be shaped into a man, and so that's why. How in depth did he go with you about the Korean War? Well, he didn't know. There's only so much that he told me right. about it. You know, well, he was in during segregated times. Yes. You know, I mean, this was the time when they, I mean, I wouldn't say after 1948 is when he finally integrated. Uh, so he's just now getting used to you know working alongside white people. <laughs> yeah, but there were still battalions that were segregated. Right? Yeah, right, 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 right. So. I've heard, you know, when I was studying the Korean War, that's mm-hmm. in the back of my head. Yeah, is that there were still. Uh, you know the the white force and the black force. Oh yeah, it was still a lot of that going on. You know, and there, uh, he told me about life as it was for him growing up. And I mean, during segregation, I, I learned a lot of uh, my education through segregation through him. Where was about, he growing up? Here in Conway? Well, no, 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 no. Uh, he actually grew up in a place called uh, Mount Vernon, Arkansas. Mount Vernon, Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. Still out, the South. Yeah, very right, much the South. Right outside of Enola. But he didn't. Uh, but he um, he said his family moved to Conway in like 1942 or so. Okay. So yeah, a large portion of his um, uh, teenage and kid years were spent in um, Mount Vernon. And he said at the time that he grew up, it was densely populated with a number of black people. You know. But then you know, as time went on, you know, things changed, and his family wanted to be a little bit more progressive and make a little bit more money, so they moved to Conway in 1942. So yeah, that's that, that's his life. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, but he told me about how Conway was, you know, and um, yeah, he said that Conway years ago used to be highly prejudiced. Yeah, you know, and just hearing about life through him and other people that have lived here pre- previously, even on my mother's side of family, they had certain rules and regulations that you had to abide by if you're an you know, African American citizen here. You know how you'd have to. Um, uh, move off the sidewalk if a white person was coming, you know, traveling on the same sidewalk, you had to move off and all this. And you couldn't look too hard at a white woman. And it's it's a whole bunch of <laughs> things that, that they told me that you had to do as far as uh, personal conduct. Uh, right. So, I mean, and those stories never went away, you know. I mean, that's why I am the person that I am now. I mean, in regards to dealing with people, I mean, I mean I, I'm glad that I live in an era that I don't have to abide by those certain rules that they did. Yeah. But I understand the fight that they had to fight in order to get to the present. All we can do as people is make it better and better, man. It just You're going to hear those stories from Grandpa and Dad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Grandma and Mom. But you, as as people man we got to push further and further away from that mindset i mean so even as as old as i am sometimes i think the mindset might be going too far in the other direction where people are just are, you know it, it, it's stuck in in my mind and, mm. and i'm all for people doing what they want to do but I, I can't understand a fluid genders and and you know where people think that you know identify as a as a puppy you know or identify it, it's it's going f- Far in the in the other direction, 
it is yeah. what it is but you know yeah. it, it just all goes back to what i was telling you earlier we gotta learn regardless of how people yeah. choose to live their life you still have a personal responsibility to treat them as you would want them to be you know yourself to be treated that's correct so, i mean i mean what you do over there is your business but once it starts to infringe on mine then we have a problem Right, understand like, it or not, just let them be the way they want to be, I guess, right? Yeah, let them do what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. if you want to be whatever it is, you know, you identify as, and so, um, you know, go go do that, but, you know, don't bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> just don't bring that to me. Keep your choice over there. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Well, that, well, that'd be separate but equal, wouldn't it? Well, if you kept it over there, right? Well, here's the thing. I mean... <laughs> It, it, it kind of is, but you know, but but you got to realize this is the type of country that we live in. I mean, they, we keep saying that we're post-racial, but I don't really think we are because I don't think there's ever been a time where racism didn't exist. It's still out there. It man. still is. It's just yeah. I think it, to me, it's just uh, done differently. Right. You know, I mean, you got to realize this institutional racism. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of things that uh, that we've had to deal with in this country, especially being African American, uh, which I'm a member of. So, I mean, there's so many things that we had to deal with. I mean, you got to realize um, years ago we used to couldn't live in the places that we wanted to as we do today. I mean, due to redlining. What's that? Redlining is basically uh, where. Uh, people um, uh, were told where they could uh, live, you know, like uh, African-Americans specifically. Right. You know, certain areas were designated for them, per se. You it know? gets real political, man, because if you see some of these, uh, well, I mean, I'm not that hard into politics, but I see some of the lines that get drawn for political maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the voting gets skewed in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, some of these lines they don't look they should all be squares you know yeah. this is a voting area this is a voting area square well, oh, well and they're well, not I squares did, well I'm going to tell you what, in regards to voting especially in the city things have changed you know there used to be designated places where you had to vote you know like if you lived in a certain area you had to vote over here but now it's Poland is different now because you can vote basically anywhere it doesn't matter where you live like you got places like you can, you can vote at the courthouse you can vote at any, any place that says you can vote you can go vote there yeah. So that it's it's different. You're not restricted to where you can vote. As long as it says you can vote there, you can vote there. It really fast forwarding to what's going on right now is you know the president is against uh, mail in voting, and he actually mail in voted his last time, uh, you know, election. It's a certain contradiction yeah, that's going on. It's weird. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna be the first uh, first to tell you I'm not a big, uh, huge fan of Mister Forty Five. Uh, he's I'm, I'm he's just polarizing, not. man. He's definitely polarizing. Uh, I'm, I'm not. There's a lot of things uh. that I just uh, I just think that his uh, t- uh, his administration is comes off as being tyrannical, and he puts it all out there. On social well, media. There's certain people that love that, though. And I mean, people, they, they they love the fact that he says what he says. But here's the thing. Let me say this. You know, just because you're saying what you feel, it does not mean that you are right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> doesn't mean that you're right. He's transparent as can be, man. That's for but sure. That, but... <laughs> And I understand where people are going with that, too, because um, a lot of politicians of the past were people that, you know, they talked in code. It's like you ask them a question, but they, they, they'd say an answer that wasn't directed to that, <laughs> to that question, you know. It's yeah. like they dance around the issue, and a lot of people were upset about that and still are upset about people that conducted um, themselves as such. Well, that's politics, man. Sometimes yeah. I'll ask you a question, and you'll just 
totally answer the question that you wanted to answer to begin with. I think that gets taught to them, ingrained in them. Whether, well, I'm going to tell you. Whether in politics school, whatever well, I'm that go, is. I'm going to go back to that because, see, I have a, I have a firm love for politics. I mean. Yeah, okay. You got to realize it. I mean, it's just like um, politicians get a, a bad rep just like police officers right. do. I, because I, I'm going to tell yeah. you what, to be honest with you, there are a lot of people that want to do good. Absolutely. I mean. I'm with you on that. Now, now politics, just, now here's the thing about politics a lot of people don't realize just because you want to do good does not mean that you will get the chance to do it why because people vote <laughs> you can you, you can uh have the uh the greatest heart in yeah. the world to want to serve your community but if your community didn't want you to do it then you won't get a chance to do it and that's sad but it's it's the way it works you think politics corrupts everybody Eh, in one way or another, in some respect. I, I, here's the thing: I think uh, you have to come into politics with a moral code already built into it. Yes. If not, if not you will get overtaken by the current. Because I mean, you find um, that you um, have people that don't know who they are, or, or whatever per se. Will get. It's just like um, with anything. Let's just say you uh, join in uh, uh, f- um, the military. There's right. people like, for instance, didn't have an idea who they were, but because they joined this particular organization, now they're becoming who that organization is. And it's sad, but it just it's just the way they are. Because I know people right now to this day that freaking talk like dogs. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how a lot of Marines talk. But because they didn't have a sense of self, and I, as myself, I always knew who I was. I just joined it because it was a, a means to an end for me. It was something that I had to do in order to. You know, survive per se. Well, you didn't have one of those jobs, man. You had a, a job that was very important, truck uh-huh. driving. Yeah. But you didn't have one of those jobs where you were, you know, very. You well, know, it doesn't matter what type of job. Yeah. I mean, you have. I mean, I think if you have a sense of self of who you are, I mean, because you have people that had my job that did the exact same thing that they did. But it's like I said, it's all about knowing who you are. And and uh, and let's say um, fast forward. Uh, let's talk about people in fraternities and sororities, and there's a lot of people in, in college. There's people that 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 come to college searching for an identity and then they turn a particular fraternity sorority and they become whatever that stigma is about that fraternity sorority so like it's just it just goes back to my point you have to have a sense of self knowing who you are before you join anything and going back to politics if you don't have a sense of that uh that moral code built into you then you will get overtaken by the corruptness part of it yeah i mean well going back into it uh, when you Got out of the the Marines. Mm-hmm. You went straight to college. What did you want to be? Well, when you yeah, grew well, up? yeah. There, there you go. And did you join well, one of those sorority or uh, fraternities? Fraternity, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, here's the thing. Um, after being a Marine, I didn't think anything got better, any better than that, and I still don't. So I never joined a fraternity or anything like that because I thought I uh, was at the top of <laughs> the cream of the crop. You and know, I'm thinking this is '99 somewhere around there. No, 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 no. Uh, um, well, it was. I didn't get involved in the college until two thousand one. Okay, I, I didn't enroll. Well, in shortly any. after yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your stint. Yeah, but see, I didn't because you graduated ninety five and yeah, no, 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 I graduated ninety six. Ninety six. Sorry. From, yeah, from ninety six to two thousand, I was in um, in the Marine Corps. So, um, but yeah, no, no, no. Since you're already talking about that, let me go back to that story. about I was going to tell you about why I went to college. Please. Okay. Um, ninety eight or so. Uh, I I got my first car. What'd you get? Well, it was it wasn't a brand new car. Let's I just don't say. care. It wasn't a uh, brand new car. My first was a Comet, nineteen seventy five Comet. Well, this my, is my first car was eighty one Buick Century. Yeah, yeah, so a uh, big car full of man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I but I enjoyed it. it. Was my it it was it was it was something that I enjoyed having. 
Uh-huh. But anyway, like I said, the first place that I went uh, long distance wise was to my uh, grandmother's house because she sent for me. And when your elders send for you, you have to go. It's, yeah. a, it's just the way it is. And a car yeah. gave you that freedom. So yeah. Don't, yeah. don't don't diss that car. It was a yeah. good car. Okay. Well, moving forward. <laughs> yes. um, Grandma. Uh, Grandma. Um, uh, she sent for me. And keep in mind, I hadn't seen her in like three years at this point. And uh, I should also tell you, she's a woman that uh, battled with diabetes. You know, and matter of fact, she had both of her legs cut off. But wow. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's a, that was just to keep alive. You Did know? you know that your whole life, or is that something that no, happened? No, that, that, that was that was something that happened uh, a little bit later. You know, uh, um, as I grew up, and that I didn't know about until that point. Uh, wow. So, so, but anyway, and she's still living on the eighty-five acres. No, no, no. Oh, she died in. Uh, no, I, was no, I mean, she was still living. Yeah, she was still living at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I um I get sent for and I go down there and uh and I, we had a nice little conversation. Peace. And uh, the conversation was me going to college. And she was like, well, first of all, she told me about herself, about, you know, her life as a young woman. She said, um, after she graduated high school, you know, her parents had, you know, had, had a little bit of money, you know, and so they saved up enough for her to go to college, you know. And so at the time she went to, um, it was called AM&N College. It's now called the University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff, UAPB. But, uh, yeah, she she was sent there and she did like most college students do. They get a little freedom and she ended up failing out of school. <laughs> but now, granted, she did... Uh, um, uh, get involved with um, other uh, extracurricular activities. In fact, I found out she uh, was an Eastern Star, Order of Eastern Star. Oh yes. What's that? It's uh, it's kind of what the um, the Masons are. It's just like uh, for the female version, I guess. You know. Is it part of the Masons? No, I don't know if they're part. I don't know if they have anything to do with one okay. another. But I just know that that's what she was a part of. But a group that does yeah. what kind of thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, that's how, that's beyond my knowledge <laughs> what they okay. do. All I know is that she was a part of that. But uh, anyway, she um, like I said, she sent for me, and we had this conversation about her life. And you know, she she said that uh, after she fell out of school and you know became a member of that, she said that um, she came back home and she she wanted to get married. She met this nice man. You know, and they got married, had two kids, had my uncle and my dad. And she just figured that, you know, by her having two kids, that eventually they want to go to college, right? Wrong. Neither one of them went. Uh-oh. So she was uh, she was looking at me like, look, Rick, you my last hope for this. <laughs> you got to do this. You got to go to college. I don't care how long you stay, but you got to make this happen. And, but, and I was like, OK, you know, but at the, at the same time, I was like, I was in my early 20s. I mean, I was a young socialite, too. Uh, and I wasn't thinking about college at the time. You know, I just, it just wasn't on my radar. But she um, told me, well, first of all, she gave me a backpack. And this backpack, she said, you know, if, if and when you do decide to go to college, I want you to have this backpack. And I want to give it to you so that you have something to put your books in, you know. And was it a new backpack or was it? Was it was a brand new backpack. Yeah, oh, okay. brand new backpack. I she thought it was something maybe like a family heirloom. No, 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 no. She, no, she went and bought this thing. So <laughs> I was like, okay, Grandma. Yeah, I mean, I, I do it. And in my mind, I'm wide, but that's not what I said. <laughs> so, but uh, a year later, she dies Ooh. in 1999. You know, and um, I was crushed. I was like, dang it, now I really got to do this. 
so a couple of years went by, you know, so I, I'm trying to figure out. At this time, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's, what my life is going to look like. You know, how, how am I going to get into college? Right. You know, so I'm like, what am I going to do to get to college? So so I took the ACT, made a really decent score, you know, enough to where I could get accepted <laughs> somewhere. But you were in the Marines at this point when you went to see your grandma, right? Yeah, 1999 it was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, this was a special trip. Like I said, she sent for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, but but enough, but I had, I, t- I had time. You know to you know to to do it, so I did. Okay. So, um, but yeah, um, two thousand came. I got out, uh, got out of the core, and um, a year later, um, in the fall of um, yeah, in the fall of two thousand one, ended up in um, the University of Central Arkansas. Now, granted, uh, that was my test semester because, and, and for me, I told you I was a very religious man here. So um, I, I started to pray a lot. Yeah. And keep in mind, I was working overnight and going to school in the day too, doing this, which I don't advise anybody to do if you can help it. <laughs> Still fast food, Joe Jobs. No, 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 no. Actually, I was working at Walmart at the time. Um, okay. Yeah, so I got a job working in Walmart, uh, working at night, and uh, um, I worked as an over, overnight grocery uh, department worker. Uh, very strenuous work and very time. I mean, trust me, you had to get after it if you're going to have that job. No, whenever I go in the middle of the night, those people are just working, man. Yeah, they, 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 they don't want to talk to you. They just got to get through what they got to get yeah, through. Yeah, because you only got so much time you got uh, to put this stuff on the shelf. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, I worked every night, went to school today. But yeah, um, back to what I was saying. Uh, I had to, I, I did a lot of praying. Right. So um, my fir- my first semester was my test semester. So I, um, I prayed hard. I said, Lord, if you really want me to be here, you'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, man, after that end of the semester, I and mean, keep in mind, I've seen a lot of stuff happen, too. I've seen people on presidential scholarship fail in that first semester, too. I mean, people uh, that you would have thought that would have, you know, gone on and done really good, good, uh, you know, grade-wise, ended up failing because they partied a little bit too hard. Well, speaking of, did you have a GI Bill of some kind helping well, you out? Well, you know, there's that. But How also, were you paying for school? Well, right? I was just about to say, I worked part, oh, I had had part of that. But at the same time, I got ignorant uh, throughout a lot of my career and got loans that I need to take out. Mm. That's what <laughs> so, happens, man. So, but, I mean, it's one thing to have it, but it's another thing to say, yeah, you know, we'll give you this little money or whatever. You just pay it back whenever you're going to pay it back. I'm I like, know yeah. I went to college and they threw me credit cards <laughs> yeah, and you know, loans. I'm like, like it's free I'm, money. Yeah, I'm 18. Sure. What, do, what do I know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll sign up for everything. Ruin my credit. Yeah, so then there's that. So, yeah, I still, I'm on the hook for that. But eventually, I mean, I hope that um, I'll, I'll get to a point where I eventually pay all that stuff off. But, uh, but yeah, back to what I was saying. Um, my first semester was my test semester, and I ended up um, with a 3.8. Oh, uh, that's nice. I, I never saw that the whole time I was in high school. Like I said, I could backhand myself what, for what the grades. What were you studying? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, um, I, I wanted to be involved in television production. Dig it. Yeah, so that's why I got my degree in television. I production. got a little piece of that in there, radio and television. Yeah, so I mean, so but as it is that what I did for a career? No, because I realized one thing. Um, here's something that people need to do: if you ever decide you want to go uh, do anything for a career, you should talk to somebody in that career first <laughs> before you decide you want to do that, because then they'll give you the ins and outs of that career. And I didn't have anybody telling me. The only thing I was doing is going off a of straight passion. Yeah, I should did. I should have done a little bit more research because in television production, I mean, see, I, I would want I wanted to be the producer guy, you know, the guy being God behind the scenes per se. Sure enough, you but, always have a job. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though, in that particular job, you know, you don't just 
like let's say doctors you know you, you study to be a doctor you are a doctor after it you generally you know get the job being a doctor right. in uh television television production or in that energy not so much you usually start out of like a freaking production assistant or something sure something silly behind the scenes that doesn't make as much money right and the way i was looking at it, i was like uh and see um to be a television producer or whatever you know that's one of the jobs that causes you to be very nomadic too though because you it's not like it's not to say that you can get a job working where you want to work. You know, you go wherever the job is. So it causes you to be very nomadic. And for me, I'm not that type of person. So I was just like, I never really pursued it. But I still have the passion for it. Right. I just never really pursued it. And that's not to say I won't eventually. It's just that as of right now, it's just not in my focal point. You know, it's not in my sight. So. But yeah, I did go to school for television production. And I learned a lot of stuff about camera, camera angles and zooms and different cameras and different screens about what screen does what. Like, see, a lot of the things that we see on TV, that's the final thing that we're seeing. Right. But you got other cameras and stuff uh, before we get to that point you know what i'm saying that you know so like i said uh, the, what we're what we're seeing is the program screen now the the other screens are like camera screens that you're looking at right you know so you got camera one camera two camera three and then you got other people that are working that, like you got the technical director or you got the you got the producer you got the technical director you got the director the floor director all these people work in order to make this thing happen you know, behind the scenes. Absolutely, man. You see an actor in the front. You see that that uh, was this anchor, uh, the anchor man or the anchor lady uh, yeah. sitting in front there. Uh-huh. That's just one person. There's 20 people behind the scenes yeah. on that, at least. Yeah. So you got a whole crew behind the scenes that are making this thing happen. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I, and I thought I wanted to be a part of it, and like I said, I still uh, I'm very passionate about it. And matter of fact, I've met a lot of people throughout um, my life that still work in that field. Uh, matter of fact, I went to matter. Of, Matter of fact, I went to college with a woman that is now working on Channel 4 uh, in the daytime. Her name is Mallory Brooks, but at the time she's... I know Mallory at the, Brooks. At, yeah, I at worked the t- at, at, at the time, At the time, she was Mallory Harden. Yeah, I yeah. worked for Crane down in, in Little Rock, and, yeah. and we met up a few times. Yeah. She got on our, our radio station, 93.3, The Source Sports Radio. Now, you know what's funny? I was in sports radio, but uh-huh. I didn't really like talking about sports. Uh-huh. Thankfully, I was I was the producer, you know, uh-huh. and, and it was uh, Razorbacks that were uh, primarily doing the shows. So, yeah, yeah Mallory's great. Man. Oh, yeah, man, but like I, me and her, we me and her and – um. A few other people that are in, this, in the industry today in this area. I mean, we all had some of the same classes. Heck, I used to freaking flirt with her. I used to flirt with her every day. Why wouldn't you? I did. <laughs> She's but I, I, I didn't find out until later that she was the president's daughter. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this about the hardest. They're, they're all great people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I I got to meet her, her brother, her mother. Oh, I love Miss uh, Mary Harden. Uh, Miss Harden uh, was, is near and dear to my heart. It's like whenever I saw her... She would always uh, give me a hug as if I was one of her children, you know, and that made me feel special. I mean, she was one of the pe- one of the people that morally helped me get through college, you know, that gave you that love to say, no, you can do it. You know, she was one of those people. And um, like I said, to this day, I have a, a special place in my heart for her. That's you know. great, man. Yeah. See, these are people that shaped your lives, man, that yeah. that, that helped you th- as you were growing up. Yeah, but yeah, the president, though, at the time, Lou Harden, that dude, that was a, he was, I, I thought he was more of a politician than anything. Because the president of what? UCA at the time. Oh, UCA, you know, It was okay. her father. Now, he was, he's a different kind of guy. Now, I think he was more so politicianist because every time he saw you, it's more like, he never really used my name, per se. He'd always say a blanket statement, which a lot of uh, um, politicians use. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. It's 
it's good to see you. And no, it, and they won't say nice to meet you because sometimes they may have met you before. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they don't want you to, to stand the chance of, oh, you already met me. Mm-hmm. You've met me four times already. Mm-hmm. You just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to see you. It's good to see and you. And I have definitely taken that into heart as well. Because uh-huh. I meet hundreds of people every week at these different shows that I do, mm-hmm. you know. And, man, I don't want to run that that risk of good uh, good to meet you no good to see you it's good to see you that, that's just that's just smart kids you just learned something very smart say good to see you until you figure out whether you've met them before because as you get older like me uh your brain starts losing people you ain't never lying but i'm gonna tell you what though there's a there's a trick that i learned years ago from a good old-fashioned politician by the name of bill clinton please uh first of all i should tell you uh my dad's family is from hope arkansas oh hope that sounds pretty familiar for Bill Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, a lot of them knew him growing up. Matter of fact, um, back in 2010, so I, th- I met him for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Now keep in mind, um, I had I seen. Well, I, I say I met him, met him. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like met him, met him. Like, because, yeah. like I met him as in having a conversation with him in 2010. Now, granted, I had um, seen him and had a, uh, his first book autograph back in 2004. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, but I actually met him in 2010, and um, it's funny because uh, right about this time is when uh, Brent, uh Blanche Lambert Lincoln was uh, running for re-election, and I was at the time I think it was it was like uh, I want to say it was like uh, the summer of that year, somewhere in August or whatever. I had gone to like a family reunion or whatever, and I told him where I was, you know, because I was leaving from that event to go, you know, to be at this event, you know. Where Blanche Lincoln was going to be, and, and Blanche Lincoln is from is what? Well, she was. Uh, she used to be the former um, one of our congressmen. Congressman, okay. Yeah, she was running for Congress. Yeah, I'm from Miami, so, okay, so this is still kind of new for me. Yeah, but anyway, at the time she was running for Congress, re-election for Congress. Um, but anyway, um, I was in 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 that uh, at a family reunion or whatever. It was like because uh, they do this like every August or whatever. Because my where my dad is from, they built a church down there and the family built a church and like for every year a different version of the family will come back and host the family reunion you know uh, like my part of the family is the Spencer Gullies that, okay. that, that's the, the part of the family but anyway uh, moving forward uh, anyway uh, yeah I only host, know you as Ricky G I, yeah. I don't know your yeah your that's real. My, Gully is actually my last okay. name you know but uh, I I, I I, I I shortened it because I knew that people would remember G fast. They would remember my other, you know my original last name. It's Brandon Purpose. You know what's funny is one of my Facebook pages is Danny G. My my alternate Facebook yeah. to the Keys Dan page is yeah, Danny G. Yeah, matter of fact, I've done a little history on you too. Matter of fact, you used to be known as Dancing Danny G years ago, right? Hey, we're not supposed to talk about that. That's what it says in the bio. <laughs> uh, that was back when I was interning at the radio. Well, you know, you and, know I, mean, and, I think it's all fair game up in here, right? If we're going to talk about me, let's talk about about you too so. oh man it's ricky g day for uh, okay sure. well um okay but anyway um like i said back um back then or whatever i was i was bragging about how i was getting ready to come um up here to to see miss lincoln uh speak and i told her that bill clinton was going to be there and one of my family members was like and she asked me who it was i can't remember that because like I, said, I didn't grow up with these people right they, they just hauled out like, you know we're from hope you know we we know him you know, tell him such and such said hello, blah blah blah. You know, if you run into him, so, so I was like, yeah, whatever. Dude, he don't, he don't know you. <laughs> don't think yeah, but hope for as but, well, far well, as I, I know is a small town too, right? Yeah, it is. Well, so, so you had you yeah, know very similar like, upbringings. Yeah, so I'm just like, man, whatever, right? You know, so um, so um, 
anyway, so I get to this event or whatever, and we get to the point to where we start shaking hands and all that stuff with him. And um, I just so happened to mention my family member's name. Well, first of all, I should tell you about why they knew him, because um, they said they knew him because he was the only white kid to play with black kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> So they, so they knew him. <laughs> what, what is it all about that, that that say that he was the first black black president? Why is that? Well, I don't know. I don't even know how to. I don't, I don't even want to get into that because how I did that come about? I don't even know. I can't even. I, I can't even tell you even coined that phrase. I don't, I don't okay, know. all right, but you are aware that that phrase I, is out there. I know somewhere. it exists, but I don't know why. I have no idea either. No, but anyway, let me get back to the story though, because um. Uh, I only got so much time. Only, no, no, but, only uh, white kid that played with black kids. Yeah, only kids. white gotcha. kid that played with black kids. So I was like, okay, you know, that's how they said they they knew him. So anyway, um, like I said, I um I get there to the event and I uh, told him, you know, I introduced myself, and then just out of blue, I mentioned my family members' name. They thought I said such and such told me to say hi, and then all of a sudden he just turned into a totally different person. It's like, yeah, I know that blah blah blah, and he puts his arm around me like the old white man. <laughs> do, do your best, Bill, Bill. Do your best, Bill Clinton, on that one. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I remember. Well, that. I, I, don't, I don't. I can't get his voice person. I'm not even gonna. You gotta put him. the thumb out there. Not, yeah. not even gonna get into all of that, though, no, bro. But um, invitations, because okay. I know I screwed up. But the point is. Um, we get to talking or whatever. And he told me about something that I just used today. And, and I wanted to share this uh, secret with all of you guys. You know, whenever you meet somebody, allow them to tell you a story about themselves. Because the thing about it is, it's like, even if you can't remember their name, you still will remember the story that they told you. So next time you see them, be like, hey, so how's that dog doing? Yeah. <laughs> even if you don't remember that name, you need to remember something that they told you about themselves. You give it to people, gems, Ricky G. But job, but that, but that's that's how it's worked for me, and that's how I'm able to remember a lot of people because I allow them. I sit back and and I allow them to tell me a story about themselves. And I'm a, and I told you how good of a listener I am. I listen to people when they talk to me. And I garnet uh, again, like you said, um, me and names and stuff don't always cor- correlate. <laughs> but when it comes down to stories, oh man, I'm, I'm in stories all day, every day. And I think that's how he works too. And that's why. I think that he was very likable amongst the people because he allowed you to talk to him. Even in the interviews, I mean, he allowed you. I don't care if the governor was uh, was right here next to him. If you were talking to him, you were talking to him. Yes. And that's how I do myself. You know, like I always give people my undivided attention. Even if I'm talking to you on the phone and you have something to tell me, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Let me turn this TV down so I can hear you. Absolutely, man. You got to be present with people. Yeah, here we are sitting in the middle of Laurel Park in Conway, yeah. Arkansas. There's people walking around, and yeah, I've glanced up and and said things, but I got to be present with Ricky G. Oh, that's who I'm. That's who I'm here to talk to yeah. and find out more about. And that's what you, my loyal listeners, have been listening to. I love it, man. So yeah. you met you met the president. Well, yeah. Wait, he was the president back then. Wait, no, 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 no. Not in 2010. No, no. That, 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 then he was just a guy that said, "Hey, uh, no, he was doing speaking engagements. Yeah, he was know? doing speaking engagements and also um, uh, supporting people that were running for office. You know, his friends that had helped him get elected. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But um, as for my life now, uh, like I was telling you before, I uh, love. Well, tell me about college, man. I mean, college. What did you end up in, in at University of Central well, Arkansas? I, well, I told you. I, um, well, first of all, I should tell you, I was, I was for. Did you gradu- finish? Tell yes, oh, I was just about to get to that. I was. Uh, I graduated in two thousand six. Uh, I was first on both sides of my family, both my mother and uh, dad's side of the family to graduate from college. So I'm first generation. Grandma's proud. Yes, she is. Oh, she's up yes, there going. She is. Yes, oh, man. I, I tell you. I, oh wait, what happened to the book bag? Did you use that book bag? Well, okay. I'm glad you asked about that, man. I did? I'm, well, okay. Let me let me run that back now. Every day. Well, first of all, I should tell you. I, 
I wanted to have the full college experience, so I want. So I ended up, uh, you know, living on the campus. Yeah. I, I was like, I, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. So, um, so I lived on campus for for like the majority of my uh, college career. But each day when I got up to go to class, you know, after I'd taken a shower and or whatever, I would get up and I would talk to this bag. I said, "Come on, grandma, it's time to go to college. I mean, time to go to um, time to go to class." You know, and I talked to this, and I kept this uh, bag for up to my junior year, and it was to the point. I mean, I had destroyed this bag. Seriously, just you know, because it, it was one of those bags to where you could actually it had rollers on it to where you, it had basketball, it had uh, back straps to it, but you also could. Um, uh, roll it and I was Man, like she sprung for the good bag yeah you know what I'm saying so but it got to the point to where I rolled it so much that I burnt off the <laughs> the, the back straps <laughs> yeah and it was to the point to where uh the lunch ladies they they felt bad for me because they was like look at you in this raggedy looking bag I'm like that's my grandma's bag what are you talking about I'm keep this favor so it wasn't until like my junior year that they uh they got together with themselves and pulled together and got me a um, brand new uh, Jansport bag. Come on. Yeah, so they got so I had to retire, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, but that's how liked you are. They they took the time to get yeah, you a got, bag. Yeah, they got me a brand new bag, though, man. Why? So they got, yeah, so I used that uh, bag for... Good things happen to good people, man. Yeah, this so, is because you were a good person. Mm-hmm. What? But yeah, really? so they got they got me a brand new Jansport bag, which and that that's a high dollar backpack. So uh, I was like, I'm gonna have to retire you, Grandma. Sorry, love you. <laughs> where, where'd that bag end up? Is it still a keepsake? Man, that thing is a storage somewhere. <laughs> oh, I see. You it's still have storage it, somewhere, and I had to look through storage to find it. But yeah, it's, it's still out there somewhere. Okay, that's the name of your first book. When you do put out down your memoirs, Grandma's backpack. Grandma's backpack. Oh yeah, uh, that's I, a good title for a book, man. But uh. Uh, and I'm actually, uh, I actually have uh, um, uh, a blog out there called the the Old Adventures of Young Ricky G. It's out there. Oh, uh, how do we find it? Well, you can find it at uh, youngrickyg.blogspot.com. So I still got a blogspot. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, I, uh, it, it was something that I decided to do because here's here's the thing. I've always been I've always been a writer per se. Yeah. So I've always been someone that believed in uh, writing. You know, and I've kept journals of my life uh, for years at a time. I'm talking about book journals, like the hard copy. (laughs) It got to the point to where I had to transfer this stuff over to, you know, the Internet so somebody else could see it because I got tired of, you know, having all this stuff written here and, and not being shared. Yeah, you know, so I wanted to give people a taste of what my life was like. So yeah, all that information's out there if you want to see it. I mean, a lot of funny stories about um, people and experiences, you know, that I've gone through. You know. Well, we talked about that at the beginning of this. Yeah, it's, so it's, a lot you, of that, a lot of that's out there. Once you get these experiences, you, your job now is to teach other people. Yeah. So they learn from your good times and bad times. Yeah. So a lot of the, uh, a lot of the um, stories from my life are out there, be it good or bad. You know, and I talk about my my stepdad. I talk about my grandfather, my mother's mother, my mother's father, should I say, and my uncle. Both of them uh, are in there. Um, so yeah, even my the story about the backpack. Uh, um, it's out there. I forgot what I titled it, but it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> it's out oh, there. so you already have wrote it. Yeah, at I've least already in written short story it. Yeah. form. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that I credit to uh, my education too is like the people that taught me how to write uh, uh, short stories. There's a woman in particular um, that I'm still in contact with today by the name of Miss Paula, Mrs. Paula McKee. Uh, she is the one that got me inspired to be a short story short story writer. So uh, yeah. 
So there, that's pretty much my life in in a nutshell. Now, granted, as for life moving forward, I would like I said, I'm all about being involved in the community, and someday I'd love to run for a position of authority, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah, man, I, I I seriously think you need to start somewhere. You know, you were talking about politicians mm-hmm. that some. Well, I imagine that most of them. I would hope that most of them are going in with a good moral code as a community mm. organizer, somebody who's who's trying to help their little portion of the world. And then as they, they get you know better and better at that and have a bigger following, they start to branch out. Okay, now I'll be the, the mayor. Now I'll be the, the, the governor. Now I'll be the, you know, as they, they push forward. And those are things that I would think that I would want to do for myself too eventually. But, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the crawling stage. So in order to help people, in order to help people, you got to help other people help people. If, right. that, if that makes sense. So I've been a lot. I've been involved in a lot of campaigns over the years, behind the scenes. So just you know, so I know how to raise funds. I know how to you know get out there and snooze with the public. You know, shake hands, kiss babies, and all that good stuff. You know? <laughs> Not uh, shaking babies and kissing hands, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other way. That's so, probably the wrong way to do it. So I've uh, been involved in people's. And um, I've actually one particular. There was this guy that was running for sheriff years ago. He's the first uh, African American to run for sheriff here in this um, this uh, area. He actually gave me total control over helping him um, uh, do his uh, campaign. Well, not campaign, but like the uh, the float, you know, for the parade. Okay, so not campaign manager. No, but no, I wasn't. No, getting but, that float. Yeah, I, uh, I helped him come up with the idea of what to do for his float. How cool is and, that? And I mean, I just for me, I I just thought of something that would be quite cool. Uh, so I, here's what I did. I came up with the idea of him having. Um, I came up with the idea of him having a, a, a float with a live band on it. Uh-huh. And it's actually footage in it somewhere, too. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I, I told him that uh, about a musician that I knew of by the name of King Kemp. And this guy, to me, he's a phenomenal. Uh, him and his crew, they're actually, you know, phenomenal in the blues world, you know. I think he, I put a like on his page. Uh, that dude is, I mean, if you ever hear him live, though, man, I mean, you would not. Dis- I haven't be, had the pleasure yet. Uh, trust me, whenever you do hear him, you uh, remember that I told you about him and, and that you would not be disappointed by him. I mean, it's dude, I swear, I mean, he has the makings of what B.B. King was, you know. I, yeah. I, I really think he's that good. But anyway, um, I told him that he should collaborate with him for his uh, float. I mean, because I figured... Uh, if I talk, I talk, what I talked about is like if you uh, collaborate with him, you know, and tell him that I mean, you know, tell him what you got to work with in your budget. I'm pretty sure he'll do it, and they did. They made it happen. So you know, uh, on the day of the parade or whatever, they're coming. I mean, so I told him first of all, I should tell. I also told him that it, first of all, nobody knows who you are. So you, you need to make a lot of noise coming down the street to let people know who you are. So I said, a live band will do that for you. And then I told him about who to use and stuff. And anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, on the day of the parade, he comes down, uh, what is that, uh, Oak Street. Uh, and they're just jamming and doing whatever. He's walking by, shaking hands and, you know, waving at people and stuff. And then he sees me videotaping. And then all of a sudden he comes up to me and he gives me this freaking football tackle. <laughs> so, Ricky G, it's working. I say, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's people helping people, man. When you find something that you, you believe in, you, yeah. you, you get behind but it. But see, that for me was my baby. You know, it was my yeah. baby. It was an idea in my head come to life, you know. Is so, this the first time you got involved with anybody politically? No, 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 no. This was the biggest time. This was something that I've actually done. 
Yeah, this was back in 2016. Oh. Now, granted, that was something that I got involved in, and that I can say I actually did myself. You know, as for helping somebody to uh, you know come up with the idea to do. Now, everybody else, I pretty much ran with their ideas. So, what was the first time that you got involved with anything political? If that's, oh man, if that's where you're wanting to head this now. Well, I've like I said, I've um, been involved in several different campaigns. Uh, as for the very first time I actually did that, oh my goodness, I mean. I will say this, uh, back when uh, Obama became president is when I fairly first decided, well, actually, no, I take it back, because truth be told, in high school, not junior high, I ran for class president. Go! Yeah, so that was my first time of politics and stuff, you know, and this was back in 1992, keep in mind, a very, very big year, but it is also a year that I lost to... uh, uh, to a girl, <laughs> Amber so Rand. What I, was your I, platform, as opposed to her platform? What, what man, made her is, win? Well, I don't know. I guess we had more followers. I guess. <laughs> I guess they had more friends. It I is don't a popularity know. contest. It had like to have been even the presidency, man. It's it a had to. Have, it contest. had to have been. But um, but um, my thing is that I, I, you know, you asked me a question about something I can't even remember. That's twelve or twenty-five years ago. I, I can't it. remember that. I mean, had, had it been any t- anywhere sooner than that, I could. Had I wrote that down somewhere, I probably yeah. could have told you that. But I, I mean, the platforms back in high school were, oh, pizza at lunch and free period every, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the platform was. Yeah. All I got to was I thought that I was popular enough to run. Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's good, man. You did it. You you, you had your first outing mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to uh, for anything political. And, yeah. And that, that set the... Set the stage yeah, but see, for that, what's happening now, but see, 25 that, years later. Yeah, but myself back then, like I said, that was uh, 2008 or so after uh, Obama was elected. It was when all that became the, to me, politics is something that's always been in me. I think from the age, like I said, 15 or so. But it, it got awakened again back in 2008 after Obama ran. Man, how did so, that make you feel? Made me feel important. I mean, it made me feel like I finally. It made me feel that whatever my parents were telling me was the truth. That was a turning point for Africans. Yeah, I mean, because here's a, you, mine, we've always told our kids that you can, you can be anything you want to be. Heck, you can be the president of the United States. I mean, at the time, nobody, had, no, before then had been, uh, in the African American descent, had been a, a, a president. Yeah. So I thought they were lying to me at first. <laughs> so yeah. after seeing it come true, that that was a big thing for me. And so it was Tupac him. Tupac said he'd never see a black president. He didn't. He, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. But I mean, but that's not to say that it wouldn't come true, and it did. And I, like I said, I was very excited, and it was because of that I got very involved uh, in my community through uh, uh, the Fight the Kendall Branch at NAACP. I've been a member now since 2008. Get it. So uh, yeah. So what that, kind of activities do you get involved with? That, well, with that? here's the thing: we do a lot. Of things in regards, well, I don't know about uh, things going forward with this whole COVID nineteen thing, but right. prior to that, I mean, we do a lot of things. We do uh, things involving uh, we the Juneteenth celebration. We uh, we do that, and then we'd have What's like that? Juneteenth uh, is uh, Juneteenth is the celebrations of the. African African Americans finally knowing that they're free from uh, the Civil War. You know, after this, that was when we finally knew that the war was over, and so it was a big celebration uh, celebrating that. And then that woke okay, up was eighteen sixty five. Eighteen sixty five, yes, sir. Now, granted, uh, truth be told, the Emancipation uh, Proclamation was signed. In um, 1863, but like I said, keep in mind the war was still going on. Oh yeah, and it was only um, it was only so many African Americans that were free. You know, if, and it only and it was very stipulated if you you were only free uh, against people that were fighting against the Union. Of course, and that whole thing is still um, 
kind of jaded too because there were people that had slaves that still fought with the union so were they free i don't know right <laughs> i mean right. I, I don't know <laughs> all i know but all i know is what the man emancipation proclamation said you know in regards to that so and uh, history is being whitewashed and changed uh for lack of a better word i mean you know th- the history that i learned in school is not the history that my 14 year old daughter is learning you know it's 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 getting changed and i and not for the better, I don't no. think. Mm-mm. It's getting, oh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as it, as, as we said it was. I'm sure it was terrible. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, though. See, that's why you got to go back to oral history. I mean, there's only so much history you're going to get in books. But I mean, you know, that's why it's important to talk to your relatives, like the, the older statesmen of your family. You got to sit back and talk to them, get their oral history about what they experienced in that time. Because I guarantee I can tell you a lot of stories about what my uh, grandparents, parents, and all of them told me about what they experienced during segregation. It's only three people ago that it was uh, yeah. that was the war that was 1865, you know that that was slavery. Mm-hmm. It's it's only three people. Yeah, but not ago. that far long ago that, uh, uh, for segregation though. Yes, I mean so I mean this this story. So there's still people living. Yeah, you know that you talk to. Yeah, there's people um, that I mean that are in their 80s and 90s that can still remember a world back then where where, where they had a limited mobility. It's given you a different a good view. Or a different view, a, a different perspective than what I have, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, and yeah. I'm glad to be talking well, to you well, about I'm going to tell this. you what, when you're a group of oppressed people, you know, um, or the minority, even though we are the majority in this country, <laughs> in, in regards to uh, well, us next to uh, uh, Hispanic Americans. Uh, I'm half Cuban. Well, I get it. Well, but the point is, is like, I don't see how we can be called minority of anything where there's more of us here than you. <laughs> so I'm like, how is that even possible? It's all going to end up being gray. <laughs> there's no black or white, man. We're all integrating, and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, America, what I like about it, it is a country that is um, a complete melting pot. I yes. mean, because you have some of everybody here. Some places everywhere. in America more than others. I yeah, know, you know. In Miami, it was... Everybody, okay. <laughs> everybody was together. Oh yeah, you know? but that's just uh, yeah. And I'm sure you moving from a small town to a bigger town, Conway, Arkansas, mm-hmm. was a whole lot different. So I mean, well, for me, it wasn't that much. It was different, but not in the in the role of an adult. It was different as in the role of a child. The only thing that was different for me is that I wasn't living where my uh, where I used to live. Now, granted, growing up here, I still had my family. I, I, you know, I was still around my family. But it was a different set of my family. It was my mother's family instead of my dad's side of family. Now, keep in, keep in mind, I still, seeing how it is, I didn't grow up with my dad's side of family. I'm still learning them. And that's why I tell people it's important that if you have kids, to make sure that they have access to both sides of their family. Because if not, you, they'll find themselves doing what I'm doing as an adult, chasing uh, uh, ghosts. And it's it, trying to find out who they you know people were in the past. You still have that oral history, man. For I mean, how many people are in your family are, are still giving you those stories? Well, I mean, it depends on who I ask. Yeah. <laughs> it okay, on well, who, tell it me depends. more about the NAACP and what's what's going on with with them well, here, I mean, here in the world. I mean, I know with the COVID nineteen, everybody's been put on hold. Yeah, everybody's been put on hold. So but that's, until not, then. that's not a lot of stuff. But I can tell you what we're doing in Fulton County. I mean, uh, as what we were doing prior to COVID. I mean, we were having uh, Juneteenth celebrations. We were having meetings with. Uh, the Is that in June? Yes. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and <laughs> why is it teenth? Is it? Is yeah, I mean, June nineteenth was the actual day. Nineteenth. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. So, but uh, 
moving like i said going back to um that whole thing yeah we we had we have the juneteenth celebration and we have also different meetings that we would have you know with people leaders of the community that would uh come during our meeting times and would speak to us you know as a whole and talk about what they're trying to do with the community and so on and so forth yeah, you know. I hope it's not just one day out of the no, year. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're, doing, no. you're doing stuff all Yeah, we're doing stuff all throughout the year, but it's like at different times of the year that we do Are you educating the community in anything? Very are much there any so, too. I'm going to tell you what. I am very, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. There's a lot of people that come to me for a lot of things, and, uh, more so for knowledge, though, because I keep myself uh, in the breast of what's going on here, like especially in the city of Conway. I know a lot about um, city council, and you know, because I read every agenda. I, I can't remember all of them, but I can tell you a lot about what's going on. And a lot of people, here's the thing. Um, you're talking about what makes me famous. I don't think that anything really makes me famous, but because I don't feel like, hold on, let me speak here. I don't feel like there's anything that really makes me famous other than the fact that I, I'm doing something that other people aren't doing. Because you have the power, just as well as anybody, to be an inspiration to anybody. We all have that power. It's just only, um, it's only the people that stand out as famous per se uh, they are only the pers- people that are willing to do what you're not doing but you have the power to do that you have the power to be an influence you have a, a power to motivate you know all of us have this power it's just only of a certain few people certain it's only a few people that use it so. I mean, the name "What Makes You Famous" is very. Uh, and when I was trying to come up with a name for the podcast, I have uh, uh, an online radio station, RadioWhat dot com, and, uh-huh. and what will make you a little more famous than you already were? Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily fame, but it it, it is me uh-huh. get, getting a chance to talk to people and and having you tell your story. And man, which I appreciate, though. I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not any more special than anybody else. Is I mean, everybody has the power to do exactly what I'm doing in, right now. It's only up to them whether or not they choose to use said power. But, yeah, but to, to to know if you're special or not is the people around you mm-hmm. are gonna are gonna inform you on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think you're a pretty special person. Yeah, well, I, I that you get involved with the NWACP and that you get involved in your community and you try to make the world a better what? place in your own small way right now. But it's you, gonna get bigger and bigger. You know, throughout this course, throughout the course of this interview, I've referred to my mama several uh, a lot of times, and it's for a good reason. Like I said, she was the person. She was the first teacher that I have ever had. You know, she taught me about religion she told me about the bible she told me about a lot of things and taught me about how to be a well-rounded individual and, and to care about my neighbors and she also gave me um a little bit of advice that i i, I see it as advice now but i didn't then uh she told me she says rick she says if you ever see anything around this house that needs to be done and nobody else is doing it get off your tail and do it yourself that's right and then, <laughs> and then step dad said, get out get a job go do something go do so-, <laughs> so you know i mean so i had both of those uh, uh sayings in my ear but I-, I use that now when it comes down to getting things done because there's a lot of people well there's a lot of things that are being that are not being done in this city that i think need to be done done but so i'm taking it upon myself to do it like keep it in mind where we are this is conway this is fast this is the fastest growing city in central arkansas area why i'm here and and it's rapidly changing i mean if you have any sort of business or whatever this is the place to be for a business yes now um now granted you asked me if i have any special talents and stuff one of the things that i do is i pay attention and i told you that I, i do a lot of reading the um, to the agendas and stuff like that and therefore I stay up on what's going on in our community and all this stuff is public knowledge but only people I mean there's only a few people that's, that's going to pay attention so I always know what's being built before it's being built yeah. <laughs> you know and I, and I know what's to- going to be torn down before it's being torn down so uh, I run around the town whenever I have the time time being the opposite word here uh, um, I run around uh, with my camera and I take pictures of things that are being built 
or things that are being torn down or disappearing. And you can see this on my Facebook page. I'll keep it all logged on different albums and stuff, you know, so people can go back and say, oh, this is this what happened a few years ago. And I've been to a lot of things. I've been to um, groundbreaking ceremonies. Like, I've been to the groundbreaking ceremony for um, Baptist Hops Hospital. Um Let's see. You remember when about was out? Oh yeah, that was. Years? Oh yeah, yeah, that was back in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, we're sitting right here next door to Baptist Hospital, or no, not Baptist Hospital. No, that's we're a, sitting next to Conway, Conway. Hospital. No, uh, that, that's but, uh, the one down the way. Okay, yeah, yeah that's I, I that's one closer to the highway. But yeah, I was there. Uh, matter of fact, I watched it through. I watched two separate governors uh, handle that project. Uh, uh, I was there on the groundbreaking that they did the groundbreaking ceremony with Governor Beebe. I was there when they opened it with uh, the current governor we have now. <laughs> Governor uh, Asa Hutchinson. Okay. So, like I said, I witnessed two things transpire in that aspect, and um, like I said, I've I've, I've seen um, I've been there for the uh, grand opening for the. Well, first of all, I was there for the groundbreaking ceremony for the passenger. Uh, um, uh, I say passenger. Uh, pedestrian a bridge off of uh, David Ward Drive. I was there for the groundbreaking ceremony, and I have footage from that, which you should go and check out on my YouTube channel, Ricky GTV. Ricky uh, GTV. Yes. See, you did put that television into yes, knowledge. Yes, I did. Like I said, I, I still have a passion for it. I didn't say I was pursuing it, though. But, yeah, I still have a passion for that. But, yeah, um, I actually I recorded footage from there uh, for the, the groundbreaking ceremony for that. And I was also there to take pictures of the um, the grand opening of that bridge. And uh, of, the, of um, this water park over here right behind us, I was yeah. I was there for the groundbreaking ceremony of that. What? Uh, we're I, here in Laurel Park and we're yeah. actually looking at something that yeah, you was, were yeah, there. I was there for the groundbreaking ceremony and I was also the day they opened. That's fantastic. Yeah, all this is uh, laid it's in. so sad I have to pictures see it from all on this, this beautiful day that it's not being utilized. Yeah, I have uh, pictures and stuff uh uh, from when in they did all of that, you know, this was like this was up in maybe a couple of years ago, and uh, they uh, named part of it uh, after um, uh, they named part of it Candyland after a woman that was spearheading the project that ended up dying. Uh, oh. She was like the uh, the I want to say the grant writer of it. Uh, I want to say that they actually got this, and there's a lot of things that I um I've been a part of in the city, and there's more to come. Yes. I mean, what's on the horizon? I, I, I see you looking at your watch. Maybe you're yeah. running out of time. Well, keep in mind, I'm in my work uniform as I'm talking to you, so I'm going to have to be at work here shortly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so... Um well, you you can mention that if you want to. We get yeah. some extra extra ducats in your pocket, man. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get some mon- monetary uh, compensation for you. <laughs> uh, well. Well, I currently work for a hotel by the name of Comfort Inn West, and you can come and see me uh, there uh, throughout the course of the week. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, I've been there now, I'm going on seven years, and I'm uh, the front desk clerk there. Staying power, man. Yeah, man, so I mean, I power. enjoy what I do, and I'm, I've met a lot of interesting people. Um, so what's on the horizon for Ricky G? And I want you to uh, well, to just, brand yourself, man. If it's if it's going to Ricky be Ricky G or Ricky G TV, mm-hmm. you should brand everything. Well, I do. Trust me, I do. Well, what, uh, what is the, the the brand where, where they could find you? Well, um, you can find me a lot on Facebook. I mean, you can find me um, Ricky G TV on Facebook. You can find me uh, as my name Ricky G on uh, Facebook as well. You know, G double E. G W E, yes, correct. And there's it's, an E uh, jammed into that Ricky, right? That's correct. It's R I C K E Y G E E. Like I said, I, I I put I wanted to uh, to limit it to G Y because, and I and I say this as as jokingly, but I, I tell people all the time, I don't care how drunk you get, you'll never forget the seventh letter of the alphabet. <laughs> Very good. Well, Think about it. 
I get it, man. Hey, you found it out, you, you'll get it. We have the same last name uh, in social media. I, uh-huh. I have Danny G as one of my other pages I mentioned. Yeah, later. man, I don't care how drunk you get. Never forget the seventh letter of the alphabet. I mean, just, it just doesn't happen. What's on the immediate horizon, man? Immediate I mean, horizon. If you do want to run for some kind of office, and I, I can see nothing but good things if that came about, because you do have a good moral code as far as I can oh, see, yeah, a good moral compass, and you're a friendly person. I am a very... I saw you, you were coming right at me. I mean, if it wasn't COVID time, you'd have been shaking my hand, maybe giving a hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not saying I'm scared of that stuff because I'm not. Because you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive. I'm going to tell you at the end of that day, because I'm going to tell you what, there was a friend uh, recently, uh, he invited me uh, into his home for a birthday party. And, and this is somebody I've known since high school, you know. And so, um, him and his wife invited me over to his house for a birthday party, and I got, I got there before he did. Which uh, and the wife allowed me to come into the house and stuff. And personally, I was gonna sit back and wait, you know, out of respect, you know. But she's like, "No, nah, come on in," you know. He on his way here. I was like, "All right." So you know, I sat back and I, and I shoot the breeze with her for a little bit. And then he comes in the door and he said, "Hey, Rick." And he said, "Hey, Rick, give me a hug." And I thought about it. I said, like, "And then here's the thing that made me do it, though. Um, over the past few years, I have lost." several friends due to natural causes and to other um, instances in life, you know, suicide and uh, untimely deaths, you know, of other, uh, other sorts. But, and to this day, I wish that I could hug them just one more time. Yeah. But here's a man that was standing in front of me asking me for a hug. And I looked at him and I said, heck yeah. <laughs> I said, heck yeah, I'm going to give you a hug. Time. So, I mean, sometimes I take advantage of the living, though, man. If I hug you a little bit too longer than uh, three seconds, just know it's not just because I'm just wanting to hug you. It's I'm hugging somebody that I wish that I could hug that's no longer here. Let me tell you, I was at an event last night DJing at a party. And I, people were asking me, can I give you a hug? Are you afraid? No. Give me mm-hmm. a hug. Mm-hmm. Come here. Because, yes, same thing. Yeah, my, hug them while they're living, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just like um, uh, give people their um, uh, flowers where they can still smell them. Right. You know, and that's uh, that's the type of person that I am. Like, if if you're my friend, you are my friend. I'm not, I'm, I'm an old school friend. I'm not the person that's gonna, you know, if it's your birthday, just send you a little generic happy birthday. No, you're gonna be getting a phone call if I have a phone. If I have your number, I'm gonna be calling, and you may not call me back. I mean, I mean right away. But just know that in your voicemail, you're gonna be hearing my voice saying, you know, hey, I care about you. I'm glad you're still here. I love you, yeah. so on and so forth. Because that's the type of person that I was built to be. Excellent, man. I mean, am I, am I using more sanitizer than I usually do? Probably. Yeah. Am I washing the, my hands even more than I used to? And I used to a whole lot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this thing is going to get us all. And you were in the uh, hospitality business, man. It's got yeah, to be I mean, different. Yeah. And um, speaking of which, just so you know, uh, we are open for business over at Comfort Inn West. So come in and see us and get a room and do what it is you're going to do. Uh, because um, the industry is um, kind of hurting at the, at this moment, you know, because people don't know that they can go to a hotel. But I'm telling you now that you can. So come see us. <laughs> Dude, when I go to a hotel, the whole thing says sanitize for your protection. Yes, The yes. people clean the yes. stuff. Man, I'm weak. I mean, even when I'm not at the desk, like every every so often, I'm getting after 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 I notice somebody's touched something, I'm always up with the the rag and a um and a bottle of sanitizer, you know, cleaning something. That's good because so, that's you just gotta gotta stay aware and protect it, you know. Ricky G, I mean, we're gonna wind this thing down right now. Okay. Uh, 
where what do you want to run for if you saw yourself running for office what would you run for what's the first thing that you could do well i mean there's several things you can do matter of fact i mean i'd probably tackle maybe city council first just to give me uh, a little bit of something you know just to get a foot in the door and then i'd probably progress to mayor oh uh, oh vice versa i'd probably go mayor first and do something i don't know I, I don't know uh what's on the horizon to be honest but i can tell you those would probably be the things that i would do heck i'd probably even consider uh doing justice of the peace but the point is i want to be somewhere to where i can touch people and touch and agree with them and really understand their problems and get some things happen get some things done yeah even more so than being in a, in a fine group such as the NAACP mm-hmm. which is the funniest name that still gets held the National Association for Colored People come on man you gotta realize <laughs> I understand where you're going with that, but you got to realize at the time. With yes, it, this is this is an organization that has been in uh, been around since 1909. Yeah. So at the time, yes, we were colored people then. Yes, yeah. So, it and, just seems so odd. And, but here's another thing. Yeah, but, but well, I understand what you're saying too. But you also need to know that um, it wasn't completely uh, organized by just African Americans alone. White people had to do something had something to do with it too. Right. So you know, if you go back and uh, read your history, and uh, you you'll see the names of the people that were uh, in Involved and it went all African American. So that's good. Together we can build something, right? Indeed. <laughs> Everyone so, get along. Yeah, yeah. The name sounds funny, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not changing anytime soon. For our, even though we're yeah, living in more progressive times, that name is not going to change. I mean, no matter how how you look at it, I mean. It is what it is. Well, all the social media that you told me, I'm going to put them in the show notes so that way people can find uh, to get the links and whatever. They'll be in the show notes. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, usually I finish these things off, and I, th- I have a feeling this is part one of Ricky G's story because as time progresses, I want to talk to you more and more and find out more about you. And your blog, man, you can definitely make a podcast out of your blog, you yeah. know, your writings and stuff. I'll oh. teach you how to do that if you want to. Yeah, you know what? I, I appreciate you um, for doing it. And, yes, that would be cool to do. Um, uh, for another time, but uh, yes, yes. yes well, but uh, yeah, I want to thank you for throwing out that olive, olive branch on that because I'm gonna tell you what I don't. I know a lot about a lot of things, but I learned, there's a, a lot I don't know about too. So, and I'm always uh, the type of person that's willing to learn new things. And if people, and that's that's one thing I tell people about knowledge. Uh, whenever somebody is wanting to give you free knowledge, listen to them. <laughs> Why? Right. Because here's here's the thing. Even though it may not be something that may be applicable to your life it may be good information for the people that are in your circle of friends that's right so think about that so I always listen to free knowledge oh anybody (laughs) with a a smartphone in their pocket can start a podcast and as as time progresses you're going to spend more and more money I have the the little portable thing here and if you look at my setup at the house oh my goodness it just gets more and more expensive but but I'm going to tell you as for myself I'm not a I'm you this this interview here is an exclusive because I don't give interviews. I'm not really I'm free. I'm I'm really even though I'm a very friendly people, a very friendly person. Excuse me. I just don't really do a lot of uh, talking. Yeah, well, you you're know, not I'm only, about yourself, man. You're about other people. You're yeah. about the community. That's what. Yeah, so I'm more, I, I'm more so of a listener than I am somebody just this. Talkative all the time. That's not my. That's not what I do. That's why I don't see myself really doing podcasts because I don't know what to say a lot of the times. But I'm willing to listen to your story. See, well, that's just it. Whenever I do podcasts, it's much better to bounce ideas off of somebody. And I've been bouncing ideas off of you, Ricky G. Mm-hmm. All right, I well, usually I, finish these things off with last words for the people. But uh-huh. do you have another thought? 
No, I really don't. All I want to say is uh, thank you for taking the time to, you know, wanting to interview me because, I mean, like I said, you're the first to want to, to be able to pick my brain on my life, you know, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to sit here and in, in, in the public setting to be able to sit back and talk to you about my life as it is, you know, and um, hopefully there's more to come. And, and hopefully I'll be able to make more of an impact on my community than I could even even imagine i mean i can only get to where i am if you help me that's right president g i can only get i can only get to where i want to be uh with the people's help For, forget you know? the president man i who wants that job man that, that job. i Dude, settle for the mayor the governor I oh my goodness <laughs> did you see barack obama when he first started he was like he looked like he needs the 30s now he looks 80 coming out of the, and then michelle looks wonderful all well, the way you gotta through. realize this is a very stressful job oh and then and goodness. you know people are trying to pull you in several different directions and that's uh, that's regardless of whether you're a politician whether you're in uh, a person that's in, in entertainment you're gonna have that i mean you gotta realize that your life is no longer yours anymore it's, it belongs to the public Absolutely. it belongs to the public and um uh your privacy you have none so you might as well get there you might as well get over that so i mean you gotta think long and hard uh if that's the um pre- if that's the life that you want to live, you got to realize your life is an open book. You got to be able to have thick skin. I mean, there's a lot of things that people will say about you that will that most likely will not be true. But you got to grin and bear it, and it sucks. But that's just the life of a, a public figure, you know. And that's something that I've have have that I've had to learn over time just by looking and seeing uh, what has happened to people that I've either known or wish that I could have known. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess that's uh, my final thoughts of the day. Well, Ricky G, I mean, I, I do, I, that is a, a final thought, but I do end these things with last words for the people. Mm-hmm. And it could be something that you, you know, words to live by or just whatever pops into your head. So let's do the official Ricky G last words for the people all right well <laughs> i wish that i had a, a statement prepared for that because what i don't but i will say this um be a person that lives solely by the golden rule as i am doing today i mean be somebody that uh, wants to be treated fairly and be somebody that's willing to treat other people fairly regardless of what your skin color may be i mean that has nothing to do with the type of person they are you know just just as long as you are willing to be treated fair and to treat others fair you can't go wrong well there you have it party people ricky g man of the community yes you heard it there i have no doubt that in the next little bit in the next short amount of time shorter than you might think shorter than ricky g thinks he's going to be running for office he's going to be an even more intricate member of society. I know he's already in the NAACP here in Conway, Arkansas, helping people in that respect and making sure that people are aware, people helping people. And Ricky G, I'm so glad to know you, so glad that we finally got to meet other than social networking and social media. So thank you so much, Ricky G, for being on the program. What makes you famous? I look forward to seeing and hearing and possibly participating in some of the things that you do in the upcoming days, weeks, months, and years. All right, party people, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386. 
or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening hey keys dan what you doing my line i'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day click on the request tab at the top of radio what.com radio what com Radio What, the music you want, with some words to live by. God loves you because of who God is, not because of anything you did or didn't do. A public service message from RadioWhat.com, the music you want.